This episode is brought to you by Chocobos. They are indeed lovely and beautiful and majestic creatures, especially when deep fried. Hello and welcome to another lovely episode of The Last <laughs> King. And I'm Mr. Tafi, I'm and still, I'm here with... I'm still Dr. Shafiq. Yes, yes. Dr. Shafiq, I yes. I have completed my PhD in magic. Alright, awesome. So, <laughs> you just came here by teleporter, right? If I recall, in the... One nah, I took the awesome bus. <laughs> I, think the, I think we're running out of this portal energy, so you're trying to conserve it, right? For a, for a, for a rainy day? Yo, okay. In this climate, in Trump's America, you need all the magic stocked up just in case you need to get the fuck off this planet. But yeah, <laughs> it's really awesome that you're talking about magic because right now is this very special episode where we're talking about one of the fantastic fantasy kind of the final kind of sorts. <laughs> wow, this is—I don't know how to lead us in. It's very magical, all that, but we're gonna fucking gonna talk about Final Fantasy. I know, okay. and it's gonna be awesome. I don't know because I've been—we've been waiting to do this since we started this show, right? Yeah, I think we've kind of teased this in the previous episode that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, and now we get to finally do it because. Final Fantasy XV is coming out in a week or so, so by the time this podcast is out. So boys and girls, this isn't just for the SEO, this isn't just for the obvious topical plug-in to a game that is coming out. No, we really do want you... No, fuck it. Yeah, it's for the <laughs> SEO. But, but seriously, <laughs> we, are all, we are all in this shit. We are hardcore since day one when the when people did not know what the hell was the difference between the Famicom and the NES at the time. The family computer. Yes, yes, the family yes. Back in 1980, whatever. 86, 87. <laughs> yeah, earlier, earlier than that. Oh, probably, uh, probably, yeah, you're right. Probably 86, 86. If we're talking about the Final Fantasy game, the genre defining the RPG buster. It was 1987. 87. This was the lovely time when Ultima came out, the very first Ultima. Not, like, not Akalabeth, the very first one, the one with the big number. And uh, dungeon crawling, <laughs> basically the first person dungeon crawling shit, along with wizardry. Wizardry was the shit back in the day too. I know, I never played wizardry. I it, had a lot of good things about it. A lot of good things, and it's also bad shit hard too. But anyway, from this, all these games that came out on the PC in Japan, a lot of developers wanted to make their own kind of RPG. I'm Enix in- did it with Dragon Quest, and that's all fucking gangbusters. I think we can all attribute it to one man. Who? The Dragon Ball guy. He did the Akira Toriyama? Yes. I mean, mm. the designer is all cool and all, but people remembered Dragon Ball because of the main character who looks a bit like Goku with a... Dude, they all element. look like Goku. <laughs> okay, good he, point. He, good he's, point. A, he's a template artist. Okay, okay, no, I'm not here to shit on uh, uh, Toriyama-san, but seriously, you know, I mean, he's got a very distinctive art style, but yeah. all the guys look also the same. Also kind of template-ish, <laughs> but you know what? It's all... 
it's his thing and we all love him for it. But you know what? Yeah, I might need to take that bet. I don't want to offend any of you Dragon Ball nerds. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> the dragons, all that, they look pretty damn cool. The artwork, everything. Even the wizard, the evil badass dragon wizard. Mm. He's, that, that art has been used up till now, okay? That shows how, I guess, timeless it is. In how sense. many Dragon Quest games? Or... They are 10. 10? And right? the 10th one has not come out in English at all because it's the online RPG one. Do you think we need to also give shoutouts to uh, Miyamoto-san for Zelda being a very early RPG? A very early, early RPG adventure thing. Mm. But this is more like not in the veins of like a pen and paper D&D style RPG. That is Dragon Quest. And then Square, a company, a smaller company Square called Soft. Square. No, no, this is Square. It was They're called oh. Square at the time. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah. they were making okay games but they couldn't break even. So... They created this RPG because of their love for the D&D stuff called Final Fantasy. I mean, is the final in the title in any relation to the fact that they were on the brink of disaster? Yeah, they were, were going to go up. bankrupt. So this was their last game. So they, they gotta... gave it their all. <laughs> so no irony whatsoever. They were literally saying, look, this yeah. might be the final game. This might be the final so fantasy. So we call it Final Fantasy. <laughs> we had a guy named Hironobu Sakaguchi who I heard was really hardcore to work with, but it paid off because that game sold gangbusters. Yes, too. it did. Yeah, it was a very... I mean, especially here in Asia, everybody talks about, like, you know, the first Final Fantasy that came out on the Famicom or Nintendo to our Western audience. Yeah, it had a simple story, but here's the thing. Compared to Dragon Quest, where it's like you rescue the princess, you kill the big evil wizard in this fantasy land created by Japanese guys, you've got a sort of fantasy land created by Japanese guys but with a time-traveling element. Mm. Your princess is gets rescued earlier on, but it's more or less like going back in time to stop this evil guy named Garland from effing the timeline up and whatnot, <laughs> and the crystals. Which was kind of refreshing in a sense at the time. It also helped that the creatures that you had to fight, they looked like they were... They weren't like your typical like fantasy stuff. They looked like they were influenced from... I think it was everything. Different was, sorts of mythology and lore. Yeah, there's a lot of like, Greek influence, especially. Yeah, and, um, especially Yoshitaka, in the Final Fantasy series. Don't forget, Yoshitaka Amano was actually drawing for this game at the time. So oh, yeah. his artwork actually got translated really alright in sprite form for the Famicom, mind you. Like, they look about as accurate, per se. I mean, except for the colors. I mean, now, it was know? a very nice. Uh, so good, yeah. Influence or trend? I mean, like, okay. Influence aside, I mean. What I really like about Japanese games especially is when they reappropriate like things from other cultures and they, they Japanify it or they make it their own. They make it their own, yeah. 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 It and looks so good. Like even at the time, like you see the little sprite, the fighter, the black mage especially. Oh, so iconic. Fucking Orko. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Orko look, the Orko look. Which is very timeless up to Shout now. Shout out to the masters of the universe. <laughs> and, then, and then when they become like uh, their future self, they sort of have a head now, like a smaller head and a more slightly bigger biceps and body and whatnot but still you know I mean, you can see the upgrade you know I would think I mean it is like okay for all you anime files out there I mean everybody will recognize this as like the chibi manga kind of style with the super deformed stuff yeah. but you also have to understand like you know because of the, te the technological limitations of stuff on the NES I mean you couldn't draw giant sprites exactly yeah, you know yeah. I mean, and this is this, this is just like all you know, part and parcel of like that Japanese innovation, their efficiency, their way of just their creative workaround applying things. You know, I mean, like it's just brilliant how they managed to pull off a game so big on. And this is the NES era, so like each of these games, like I mean, if you download these ROMs, sorry pirates, but if you, I mean, these games, they're they're barely a megabyte. They're in the kilobytes. Yeah. You know, and they pack all this information into such tiny little like games and. But, 
But, but I'll be honest, playing a ROM of this or like playing like the basically going playing it on the NES now, I feel that maybe I was actually spoiled by like the remakes of FF1 and FF2. Oh, the PlayStation? Uh, the PlayStation 1 called FF Origins. Origins, yeah. And Dawn of Souls for the Game Boy Advance. Because they basically just took the they took away the worst aspects of an old game, i.e. the interface. Reworked it. <laughs> and then this retained the challenge level, they retained the monsters, they retained the really kick-ass though kind of basic right now kind of story mm. going on you still you got your warrior of lights and all that doing all this shit you got to change determine your class first and then they upgrade it looks better now with the whole 16-bit sort of upgrade to it yeah true that. especially during the airship uh, travel sequences oh yeah yeah it looks you know, much with better. the line 7 graphics is that what it's called line uh, 7 no no they don't have mode 7 stuff oh, it's all my 2D bad, mode it's, 7. it's also 2D mm. the mode 7 stuff came in much later but okay. we're getting ahead of it right now we should go to part 2 I mean are we done with part 1? You know, like okay. a little bit. Maybe okay. Let me just ask you: When that game came out, how did it affect you? Did it change the way you looked at games? I wish I knew you because it was I, back in the day. You know, I was a little kid when this came. Dude, You're dude, talking dude. about the '80s. You know? I only played this like in like late '90s, all that because I only got an NES really late. Like a late to the party kind of guy. Yeah, I only I got my my first console was a Mega Drive, mind you. Uh, I had the Nintendo, but for some reason, like okay, I would say like. Games like this flew under my radar because, I mean, when you're a kid, you don't play, you don't really search out games, but you always follow the recommendations of the playground or the classroom. Or even the magazine you read for free at the in Indian bookstore. <laughs> Definitely. Shout out to Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yes. For being something no kid could afford. Oh, Nintendo <laughs> Power 2 and uh, Game Players as well. I was the never a Nintendo Power guy. I mean, Whatever that I could open for free. That's like they fine, could. You, the only way in Singapore for you to find Nintendo Power was to go to like more uh, like specialty bookshops like uh, Times Bookstore or whatever. And the thing is, like, they were off the import price. Indian bookstores, they actually got that. But yeah, I. Could not afford. Well, no I had to buy one. No more near my area, so, so I was I missed out on the, the Nintendo Power Magic. But yeah, although there were some friends who were really nice enough to photocopy everything for me. Yo, if you go to the game shops back in the day, especially here in Asia, you could have a full photocopy version of these <laughs> yeah, magazines that, that, for like that, half the price. That's the power of media, yo. <laughs> that's the power of being Asian, you know. We'll yeah. we'll freaking rip off anything. We'll <laughs> find a way. We will find a we, way. We have. A copy of it. Yeah, yeah. Neither rain or snow and all that jazz will stop us. No, well, my thoughts on Final Fantasy 1, I have zero opinion on it. I mean, I know it's like a flagship game or it literally brought Square back from the dead back then in the 80s. But you no, know, I was a little kid. I wasn't aware of the politics or the economy of like game designer, game developer, game publisher. But all I knew was like around that time, like 87, yeah. like the big deal games to me, I was still fucking around with like Mario Mario 3 Rockman Mega Man yo, Rockman yeah. you. Rockman yeah Mega Man to the rest of the world <sighs> I hate that name Mega Man no, but, but the way I see it I mean for me I've only known FF1 because of magazines and I played mm. in the 90s and then I couldn't get through it because again games like Mega Man 4 were also distracted me yeah. to no end and then the PS1 version of the first Final Fantasy came out I got into it maybe it's the interface like I mentioned maybe it's the up res graphics I guess mm. like they, they actually repainted a lot of things and that was a stellar effort in actually introducing people to how Final Fantasy was back in the heyday tough as shit but damn it's just fun to play through leveling leveling up and getting the cool shit I, mean, I did play Final Fantasy 1 I mean for the purpose of this episode like, I decided to like be a bit more honest with the opinions and like replay some of the earlier games especially 1, 2 and 3 good job <laughs> 
those games didn't age age well at all. (laughs) This is why I appreciate the remakes a lot more because they just took away all that uncumbersomeness of. I mean, you also you also have to kind of give props, you know, like the Nintendo had two buttons. Yeah, (laughs) you know, one was menu, one was yes. Oh no, that's what guess what they also considered when they did the remakes. It's mm. just that, again, interface, all that, especially when you select stuff and then you cancel a command that actually counts as a lost turn. They took away all that stuff so that it becomes more intuitive in that sense. But were you much of an RPG kid when you were starting out? Especially well, I was playing Ultima 7 at the time, so yeah, I was a pretty big Ultima, I was a pretty big Ultima guy. Nah, I had a really short attention span around that age and like games like RPGs, like the the first RPG that really got my attention was on the Sega was Might and Magic mm-hmm. the and, good stuff the good stuff and the thing is is I mean literally as a kid because like they had bigger graphics and it just looked slightly more polished or pretty okay I would even say polished but like I, I, I Final Fantasy never really caught on for me but I did realise the cultural significance of these games uh. and like I mean I, I didn't just replay the games recently I mean there was a time maybe when I was in my 20s is like when like Final Fantasy like you know like the bigger ones like seven eight came out, then it's like oh yeah there were like NES games that I probably missed out on, and I did go back in time and yeah sorry emulator dude I, I couldn't afford shit but okay but thank okay. you pirates now going back to what you said like what was the Final Fantasy in the NES era that actually attracted you to it you know, the one that you were really really played Gangbusters for this is this is a funny story the very fir- the very first Final Fantasy I got into was 3 and if you all know there isn't an English version of it around nope so <laughs> only the DS version was in English but so, so this is NES one not so much so here's the story I remember being a big otaku I don't know if I was really an otaku I was an, I was an anime Japanophile for a while what you kids now call a weeaboo okay but uh, when I started playing Final Fantasy I was gifted Final Fantasy 3 it was one of the things that where like an uncle came back from Japan and he's like, oh, you like playing video games? Here's some video games. It's like, I, I can't understand the language. So I remember as a like you know a, a young man, okay, preteen, playing Final Fantasy three, looking at all these Japanese characters, going to the library, <laughs> and mind you, okay, with my library card, borrowed a English to Japanese dictionary, reading every single character on the screen. The pause button was my best friend. <laughs> and just understanding, oh, so this character means attack. <laughs> this means speed. Mm. And Final Fantasy 3, I can't remember anything about the story. I do recall certain like you know set pieces or boss battles, definitely. But that was the game that I trained myself to learn Japanese. What with. was your favorite fight in the game? Because uh, I I know that FS3 has the best I remember you had, to, you had to fight... A guy in a wall, and it was like, it was his name. He had a G name or something. And the thing is, it was in Japanese. I have no idea what it is. Was this the wall that actually kills you if you don't kill it within X turns? Yes, that 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 Mm. was frustrating because you also have to understand. I'm trying to translate, read, and play this game. This guy's kicking my ass, and in between turns, it's like I need to do like, okay, what did he just do? What does that mean? Find the English word. Oh, okay. He cast a slow spell or something, or like he cast a free spell, and like you know, I mean, it was a very educational game. <laughs> hey, that's More a trial like, by fire, dude. That's the best way to learn. No, but dude, that game prepped me for every other game that came out only in Japanese. So like, yeah, thank you for non-localization. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were actually going to release FF three in English. 
But because FF4 came out way, way ahead and localization took a lot longer back in the day mm. because there was no internet, as you would know, then they had to release part 4. But and then they call it part 2 in English. Uh, yeah, maybe that we, that time, we yes. might also need to bring up the fact that for a lot of our Western audience, like it's like, when we say part 3... It's the one that Onion Knights. And then, like, for some of you guys, you think that, you know, part 6 is part 4 or something. and We are using the official Japanese, the Japanese. numeration. Yeah. Okay, the so... The OG, the OG. Do figure. the research, okay? Yeah. So, it's not Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3. No, 3 is 6. <laughs> I've only played the DS version of FF3 because I... Because time, English, right? Yes, English, definitely. <laughs> and also, what... What what was it? What I really liked was when I was talking to someone else back in America about FF3 did for the DS. Mm. They told me that dude, I didn't know these guys had names in FFDS. <laughs> FF3DS, they actually gave personalities <laughs> to these guys: uh, Refia, Luneth, um, Ark, and I don't know who the other fucker is, but I'll remember Refia. His name is Refia. Refia. One of them is called Refia. Oh, Luneth, Refia. No, Refia's the girl. Refia's the girl. She's yeah, the yeah, mother yeah. figure. Dude, 20 years later, I've been pronouncing it Lafia. Ah, Lafia. Be- because of Japan. Oh, okay. <laughs> because okay. of Japrish. Oh, they, 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 they change it and then they make it more mystic sounding. That's why it's an R. But uh... I really like the fact that it actually stayed true to the original game's difficulty and whatnot. Right yes, down yes, to the uh, save points. Th- yeah. Like, the la- or that. lack thereof of save points. I mean, it's a console, man. Yeah. Unless you... I mean, the technology for save points and like, you know, those battery packed uh, cartridges. And there's also like quick save, you know, like the one where you just put your console to sleep mm. and then you restart and you continue where it left Yo, off. Dude, yeah, speaking of which, I remember just leaving my Nintendo on the whole month. Oh, dude. My parents that were was so probably... pissed at me <laughs> because it's like you had to do the unplug. Yeah, yes, this is back in the stupid eras when you had to like, you only had one like jack at the back of your TV yeah. and you had to unplug it so that your your parents or your brother could just watch TV and then like you had to replug and unplug again. There were two things in FF3DS that actually taught me to get good or just go fuck yourself. Which is? The Garuda fight where oh you're supposed to change classes apparently because it'll make the fight so much easier. Mm. There's the one where basically everyone turns to a dragoon and oh, just yeah, jump yeah, yeah, up and just kill the guy because he somehow has this area of effect attack and whatnot. And then the, the other time was uh, when there was a dungeon where you became a mini throughout entire fights. I remember that. Yeah, yes, they, they shrink was, you. Yeah. yeah, they purposely shrink you so you have to find your way out of that without getting yourself killed too much. I don't know how I got through that, but... <sighs> Do you remember? Like, that bit? No, not at all, man. I was probably too busy translating. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, FF3 very uh, is a very huge landmark in FF because they introduced the kick-ass job system. But also, okay, for FF3, shoutouts to Tomono video game rental system, the shop near my house, because I went through a lot of Nintendo adapters playing that game. <laughs> Holy shit. I remember burning out the adapter twice. Oh, man. And then like, these guys were, were solid. They sold me, like, the, the, the China adapter, which is, like, $15, as opposed to the official Nintendo. But they burn out pretty quick, do they? Then the guy gave me some knowledge. He's like, he, 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 he gave me, like, this little electric fan that I could just put on it. Dude, like, you know, back in the stupid days. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the golden age. The, the golden, golden age, age, man. Your, your, your little adapters that kept your console yeah, going. And fucking RPGs and that you were could... very, very stingy with your save points. But, you know, memory <laughs> memory thing, memory issues, right? Well, I mean, come on, man. You only had to do what? Go to school and then like, kind of do your homework. Then you had like eight hours of the day to yeah, just I, burn. I like how you say kind of <laughs> for homework. Kind of, dude. Just fill out the blanks. Yo, I got to worry about the real math. Were, were you the kid who like would go to class early before like the bell would ring and copy homework from people? 
Did I? I don't quite remember. I was. I, I did remember. Actually I using was using my prefect privileges <laughs> to bring a PS One in the, in 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 the, in the prefect room. Man, I was that kid. I was that kid who would not study, not do homework, just play video games or just hang out with my friends and like come early in the morning just to copy homework. Yeah. But <laughs> thanks, video games. But <laughs> my my big thing with Final Fantasy only came in much later. Later, not so much on the FF three side because mm. the DS version came out like what two thousand six seven around that time. Yeah, this is 2DS. This is before 3DS. The DS, yeah, the DS. Way mm. before the 3DS. Should we just jump straight to like 4 or 5 or so? This, at the SNES period with Mode 7 graphics. one of those guys who bought a Super Famicom okay only for Street Fighter <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of kids did that a lot of so kids in my neighborhood the only, one, dude. the only reason we all bought the Super Famicom is to play Street Fighter Street Fighter 2 mind you okay the original Street Fighter 2 like World Warrior you Championship not, you, Edition you could not pick the bosses edition uh, no you could even mirror match back yeah, in the day no mirror, <laughs> no mirror match oh my god how could I forget about that and and, and, and it's that situation where you go to the you, to, to the guy's house and it's like he plays Ryu and only he can play Ryu like, too bad like, I'll use fucking Guile uh, I'll play Dawson, I'll dude. be Blanca asshole <laughs> fine yeah that's <laughs> but, fine Blanca is the most awesome character no anyway. but okay did you remember I don't know if this technology was available in the west but in here in Singapore we had the modded Famicom where you could use floppy disks instead of the cartridges. Nope, we did not have that. You did we not had, have we that. We had the Micro Genius. That our proxy. Yo, oh, the Micro Genius. We had the Micro Genius here, but the Micro Genius here was more like a, a Nintendo. Uh, I wouldn't say emulator, a Nintendo knockoff. Kind mm, of. It's still an emulator knockoff thing, which is mm. somehow feels almost. I mean, the buttons actually feel good yeah. when I use a controller. Yeah, I agree. It's a really the, good. The Micro Genius had way better controller than the actual Nintendo. For a knockoff, because it was round. <laughs> for a knockoff, it's actually good. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not cheap. That's I, what I like. Dude, I don't get guys who say like, "Oh, the best controller ever is like the original NES controller." That no, square no, corner no, no, no. bullshit would cut into like. The segments between your It'll fingers. Just add to your like, <laughs> little imprint into your fingers. Dude, shit. I mean, and also it's it's also the birth of like uh, Nintendo thumb, where everybody had the flat thumb edge. It's like, yeah, I'm a video gamer. Look at my thumbs. <laughs> I've worn it out. But okay, uh, speaking of okay, what I was about to say was the super fa the super Famicom here in Singapore. There was a modded version mm. where basically there was this attachment that allowed you to play floppy disks. Okay, and okay, I know we shouldn't be promoting piracy, but 
dude, fucking SNES games back in the day were like fucking eighty, ninety dollars. <laughs> I got like two dollars a week, you know, mm-hmm. just for, like lunch money. Like, fuck, I will be able to afford all this shit. The cartridges back in Malaysia were about like twenty, thirty, forty RM, I guess. So that's super cheap for you guys. But this is this is this is the nineties kind of money though. So currency is thirty RM, dude. I should have gone to Malaysia. It's so nah. much cheaper when you think about it. Because like back in the day, right? If you want to buy original games, right? Okay, we only had the the big uh hardware electronic stores like Safe and uh, Best Denki and all that, right? So that's where you went to buy the the original games. And then if you go to a place like Toys R Us, Toys R Us were even like the art market, is it? I mean, uh, wow, the 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 markup for that is like, dude, I paid ninety dollars for Golden Axe. Oh my god, that's like what? Okay, times two, whoa, hundred and two, two, almost two hundred bucks. Almost two hundred Malaysian dollars yeah. for you. Okay, so it's like and, and so thirty RM, quite a steal, dude. Honestly, this is like how it was in the US. I was sense. a little kid. How the fuck was I supposed to jump across the border to Malaysia to yeah. get myself? Or even go to the US? How the fuck are we gonna do that? There was no mail order. There was no internet. Okay, basically, you only had the one local game shop in your neighborhood, and that's where you get your gear. Mm. So. As I mentioned before, Tomono Video Games, they closed down quite a while ago. But these guys were the guys. They were the guys. They sorted me out. They gave me the pirated Sega. I gotta give a shout out to Kamal and Tim. That's actually the name of the store where I used to buy my stuff. Oh. Back in Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, and PlayStation. Although I did go to Laoyat, I did go to uh, Sina Wang, and I did go to a lot of places in Kotaraya quite a bit. Come and think of it. Kotaraya was the place, right? When you yeah. get electronics, right? Yeah. One one of the many places. It's just mm. actually like a few blocks away from my school, so... No, wait. After school, I'm just gonna fuck off there. <laughs> get my manga, get my anime, get my pirated stuff, games, whatnot. You know? No, but like, okay, but... Um, my game shop in my neighborhood, they were the kind of guys who could get you good shit and you had to kind of like know them like you had to be such a regular you had to be at the shop you had to be the kid who went there every day and just talk to the guy and like the, the, the guy running the place was like this like older 30 plus year old dude and his son <laughs> and if you got in good with the son yo here's a story Mortal Kombat remember when it was banned all over Asia mm, yep, and yep. like it was impossible to find if you were friends with this kid he had a copy Ooh, and it, okay. like if you knew like hey yo can I get Mortal Kombat and he's like You'll pull it from under the shelf and like, okay. And it wouldn't even be in the box. It was just the, the cartridge. Like, okay, here you go. All right. Don't tell anybody. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yo. It was so, it was so CD. It was so... And like, for a little kid, like, for a 12-year-old or 13-year-old, it's like, yo. I think I've been... I, I gotta hook up, yo. <laughs> I, th- I think I've been to my my usual spot so much, I got, like, the nickname Long John Silver for some reason. <laughs> I don't know how the hell that came up. I think there was a dick joke involved or something. Way like, before the toffee, long, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Way before the toffee. Long John Silver, yo. Wait, so the, the fans want to know. They call you toffee because you're stretchable, right? <laughs> <laughs> chewy, chewy uh, too. Even worse. <laughs> Shoutouts to Mark Ruffalo's dick, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we... We gotta talk about part okay, four. Okay, okay. Or so, part two. Uh, yeah, we gotta backtrack a bit. Okay, so what I was mentioning was, okay, when the Super Famicom, the floppy disk version, I can't remember what it's called, but all of a sudden, games became affordable, accessible. And they look colorful too, in a sense. No, no. Oh. This, this was pirated fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this was like ROMs dumped into floppy disks, and if you had the floppy disk extension, dude, each floppy disk would sell for like two to three dollars. Mm-hmm. My SNES collection back in the 90s, second to none amongst my friends. Everybody came to me. They called my house the library. <laughs> oh, damn. Because I awesome. had it all, okay? I had Street Fighter on floppy disk. I had Final Fantasy on floppy disk. It came to a point, right? Because it was so affordable, 
like okay really around this time i was probably in high school early high school i don't it would be called middle school or something so it's like you know you got about like five ten dollars a day allowance you know just for food and like you know walking around so i was the kid who during recess didn't eat anything took all my money i was that kid too i saved my money we didn't s- eat you know like the, dude i would like just have like you know bread and nutella before you left the house oh, i <laughs> survived oh, the whole school day like struggled during pe because you're just fucking hungry and then after school straight to the game shop with your f- with full 10 dollars in your hand i would buy like five floppy disk games and it came to a point where it was like there's the one or two games i wanted and then the guy would be like oh here's three others you might be interested in and it came, that was like yo before my Steam account now that was my first backlog. I had all these games, some of which I never even played. And then it was written on like all these floppy disks. And it, the guy would just write the title on it. Final Fantasy Two, right? Was that yeah? It'll be Final got? Fantasy Two. And then sometimes it'll be like a recycled floppy disk. Then he would just cross it out <laughs> and then write like some, a Final Fight. And then you is this Final Fight or Final Fantasy? And then he's like, I don't know. Nah, just take it. You know, it's an FF. I don't care. It's, it's Final it's a, Something. It's an it's a Final Something. Just play it. <laughs> So, but yeah, so how I got introduced to Final Fantasy 4 was basically one of those days where, you know, oh, it's time to move on to the PlayStation or something. So, like, here's all these floppy disks. What wonder what this is. Stuck it in. Yo, this was like two years after I probably bought this game. And then it was magical. Mm. It was like, why haven't I played this? Why did I miss it? was sitting in my room all this time. This amazing game. And I totally missed out on it because of fucking Street Fighter and <laughs> probably like oh yeah Chrono Trigger too, yeah this definitely. this was the time when oh you've had like steampunk sci-fi stuff coming in and the whole fantasy magic kind of universe yeah you got like a really evil look. hero who became a Dark Knight and became a paladin halfway through the story <laughs> and you got like characters who lived and died too you know and then people backstabbing you and whatnot I would it, say the immersion and the characters especially during the Super Nintendo I mean the dialogue sorry. everything as mm. I mean, I found out that later on that, oh, this, this was actually horribly translated. But <laughs> the way I see Every it, one of I them did was. not care. Because it was, I was actually invested in the characters because of what little text came up, you know? Mm. And then part 6 happened. <laughs> but yes. we'll, we'll, we'll go through that. I mean, like, 4, great game. I mean, yeah, yeah. All, 5... All yeah. the even-numbered Final Fantasies, they were all story-based, while the odd number odd number more like they were more gameplay oriented yeah they, it was more oriented. like a, like the odd number ones with the technology test more like the job odd, system tests and whatnot uh, they were like trying out new combat systems or new graphics or new something right yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that so I remember like every even one would be amazing yeah, yeah. except for yeah probably 7 but we'll talk about it much later oh yeah much later part so, 4 great story I liked it a lot yeah god damn FF6 just blew everything out of the water for me. Man. Like, from the way the intro scene comes in with the opera music thing. Yeah, they, they straight away from the that, that chime. The yeah. And then when you actually start the game, my god, this is a fucking dark game. I did not know any better at the time. And yeah, then, there was like this weird fog effect and yeah. black screen. Like, and it's like, and then you got the 3D intro and then, oh, turns out you got to have a bunch of heroes joining you. Like, you actually end up murdering the soldiers you were with by accident or something because of some S bullshit and then came one of the more badass bad guys ever in the game a fucking clown named Kefka oh, you would believe the clown <laughs> murdered the shit out of the game honestly like he becomes you're a, a fan bo- of that guy dude I am dude this is hmm. an example of a guy who became a lowly stooge rise up to fame kill off his masters actually destroyed the world yeah. left it in ruin Name me one Final Fantasy villain 
ever in the series who have actually achieved that level of villainy. That level, like basically, he actually conquered the universe. I mean, conquered the world. Sorry, conquered the world. Do you know what? I'm pretty sure all the FF fans will still say, "Nah, Sephiroth is more badass." Yeah, yeah, because he got the white <laughs> hair and all that. But he didn't do much beyond like uh, no, I don't no, know, no, doing doing his doing his master plan. That's so it. No way the cap the cosplayer Kefka got shit done, and mm. the fight against him at the last stage was all the more Dude, worth yeah, it. Yeah, it was grueling, you, man. Yeah, because you kind of had to save your fucked up world. <laughs> in the sense, did you know that one of your characters? Was going to commit suicide because of the shit that happened. Oh yeah! By the way, spoiler alert for yeah. games that existed <laughs> in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> dude, they touch on so many themes: loss, suicide, betrayal, everything. I'm my god, every character was just so fleshed out. I would definitely. Locke, yeah. Locke was also cool for me because people actually named themselves after Locke because it was, he was the first male hero. Then it turns out he's got a pretty tragic backstory in a sense. Cel, mm. so, uh, what's that? Celeste, well, Celeste. I guess he's actually linked up a lot in a sense. Then you've got um, Cyan. Cyan was also very tragic too because his folks, his entire kingdom and family was just murdered by poison water. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and then when you actually went through his backstory, you get to see the ghosts of his family. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like I did not understand, but holy shit, I did in a sense. But what little understanding I had for story, it was like. Jesus touched the shit out of me, dude. Man, talk about the 16-bit guilt trip. Huh? And then when I played it again when the PlayStation 1 version came out, like for the CD, yeah. then I got the feels even more because I had a heavy understanding of cinematic stuff and movies and whatnot. Mm. And this just hit home, hit really hard, you know? Like, there's just so much thought with these characters. Like, from Shadow, um, Cyan, even Gao as well, the little throwaway kid. You'd think he would be a throwaway, but no. His backstory is equally sad too. <laughs> like basically a lost kid that ditched by shitty parents basically. So, yeah, Final Fantasy 6 is like the requiem for a dream of all the Final Fantasy But with games. a happy ending. No worries. <laughs> I have a happy ending. See, and, uh, well, that's what I liked about it. Like they put all this dark shit in but mm. they gave you a really kick-ass ending if you actually bothered looking at every character's backstory. Was this the spark that made you kind of more into like got you more into story and character in video games this is the spark that actually got me into Japanese RPGs I mean at the time I really knew what that storytelling could be taken to a different level with Ultima 7 and Ultima 6 because mm. there was some racism stuff inside the game classism but, yeah I yeah and FF7 I'm sorry FF6 was the one that was like you got these chibi characters, you've got this combat system, and yet somehow they have time to cram in the re a game with so much character depth, a lot of, you know, people you want to give a shit about and want to actually, you know, want to see live, in a sense. I remember, especially in Final Fantasy VI, like, especially when the game got really dark and, like, even more depressing, and then there was this one stage where you had to return back to the, to the city and then you're riding the chocobo and they oh. didn't play the chocobo song oh yeah they just kicked they, they just kept the mood sad mm -hmm. and then like you know like you, I was I was playing this and I was like thinking come on I need something to cheer me up oh ride a chocobo even the chocobo seems depressed <laughs> yeah I mean, your world is fucked what you expect <laughs> no what I liked was when I thought Kefka could not get away with it he did he killed his boss mm -hmm. he took care of the totem poles and one with all the magic esper shit and then there was this little text and then you actually zoomed out of the world and then you see a bit of explosion and everything turned red. And then there was some foreboding text that came up and I was like, shit, did I finish the game? No, you didn't. And then it went dark and then we get to see the world in mode 7, like the ruined world. 
Mm. And then you're on to Celeste. And it's like, holy shit, we're actually continuing. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Man. And sad too. But really, really potentially awesome too. Quite a downer. I remember when that happened, I just put down my controller and I like, looked at the screen and I thought, this is probably one of those adult games. <laughs> those grown-up games. Like, yeah. man. This Final, was a hit of its time, Final honestly. Fantasy VI was... This is... This cut deep like whoa yeah like this in context I mean I think you probably got the context even more because when you see FF3 like very sort of playful cheerish in a way yeah it was, and it was definitely a big s- adventure yeah and then you see part 6 like whoa this grew up pretty fast you know but yeah props to like you know I mean props to the developers and the storytellers and the guys I mean the guy, yeah. it was to me FF6 is the masterpiece it's, yeah. it's the most well crafted of all of them props to Yoshi Kor- Yoshinori Kitase the guy who also did FF13 this was his first major directorial debut game mm. Sakaguchi-san was actually just producing I think Sakaguchi was he still around? he was no he was still around he left after after nine nine right ish because he yeah, I mean, he, he was mostly he, a producer during those few years or so he survived till the PlayStation era that yeah I yeah yeah he did he was basically a top dog uh, producer stuff producer guy uh, Yoshiro Kitase was a director Tetsuya Nomura mm-hmm. Mr Kingdom Hearts he was he was the character <laughs> developer for FF6 oh man Kingdom Some of Hearts uh, wait three is gonna happen right uh, yeah it's gonna happen after part what 15. what is taking so long yeah, yeah, yeah. but okay here's but I think everyone else in the entire universe know that FS6 was the bomb. Yeah, so it was. So I, I don't know what else can we add. I mean, is there anything you want to add? Like, If you haven't played it, do yourself a goddamn favor. And play the Game Boy Advance version. Don't play the iOS version. Ah, yes. That's also one good advice. Yeah, but yo, you fuckers telling me that you have Final Fantasy on your phone, yo, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Okay? Seriously, play it properly on a console especially on a Nintendo console yeah yeah play on SNES but if you can't find it yeah. I feel the Game Boy Advance they actually did some retranslation which is tidier I feel I mean but not knocking the SNES version mm. the translator did a damn good job I heard they actually worked a month just for that game that's fucking balls out man one month just to translate like 300 God knows how much text. Dude, like, how, how long did it take for them to translate, like, the Yakuza games? Remember that? Yeah. It was years, right? And I, the thing is, the I think this was actually more impressive. I mean, the fact that FF6 was a huge game, text-wise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no well, internet, right? Well, <laughs> but the thing is, that there's a lot of reading. Like, I mean, like, modern games, especially when people complain about, like, oh, why isn't Yakuza coming to America? Oh, it's a localization. How hard could it be to translate or redo the voice acting? Oh, my God. Fuck you. It's a lot of work, man. Dude, I work in a, <laughs> I work in a production house. Voice work is not as easy as it looks, okay? But, okay, still. So, I think that pretty much almost covers the early era. Yeah, the 90s era, basically. The, ni- the 80s and 90s era. I mean, Final Fantasy, if you if you want to seek out the NES games, I would recommend just play 3. I think we missed out on part 5, but... 5? I, I, I only played, um, the, yeah, the PS1 version. Because, mm. again, in, in, With the remake. In Jap- it's Japanese and the Super Nintendo. Mm. Not the remake. This is, like, part 5, like, original flavor, but all the text is all done up in English. Okay. Good job to the localizer. I believe it's Ted Woosley. Yeah, that guy. He I, did all I the missed work out on 5, man. I, I mean, I heard it was good. I mean, I'm going to look for it. 5 was but... the better version of 3, because apparently yeah, the job was me. very flexible. Mm. And you can be a sage, you can be a shaman, ninja... Ronin, you can actually mix and match skills. That's the best part. This is the one where it's more. Uh, a, is it the one where they use the ATB system? Uh, they all use the ATB system. 
Uh, no, 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 no. Part four used the ATP system, four, four and then the it went all forward. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the one where your main character is called Butts by accident. <laughs> <laughs> now they change it to Bart via RTZ, but at the time, someone forgot to put the R somewhere, so Butts. No, but Bats. Butts. Bats. It was probably Bats in Japanese, so someone thought Butts sounds like a good idea for a character name. Maybe it's something like Batsu. Like yeah, from, Batsu. Yeah, maybe from Rival Schools. I mean, Batsu. I mean, that's a cool name. It yeah. literally means punish. <laughs> yeah, but when you, when you want to think of it in a fantasy sort of setting, I think Bart's actually makes more sense. Oh yeah, I mean, if, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. the, one of the more fun things about playing games like this, especially games from Japan, is just seeing the Japanese. What I also remember <laughs> FF5, cross-dressing pirate as one of your main oh, characters. Oh goddamn, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you thought it was a dude, and it turns out. The old man and Bart's checked out the bed. Holy shit, there's a woman! Because <laughs> we're going to all out and shit, right? The so. reverse poison, you mean? Yeah, the <laughs> risk, reverse poison, yes. But I, I, that's what I like about FF5. There was actually humor in the game, in a sense. Like, especially when you see the eyes pop out and all that. Mm-hmm. And Gilgamesh, one of the better comedic villains ever. Sorry, it's Girugamesh. Gilgamesh, I don't care. Gilgamesh, <laughs> Gilgamesh. <laughs> but dude, you have to admit, he is hilarious to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, oh, when did five come out? Though it was ninety. It was ninety. It was definitely after four. <laughs> That's for sure. Ninety-five, ninety-four, definitely before part six. I think. I think the reason why I ignored part five is because. Oh yeah, Chrono Trigger was up. Yes. <laughs> okay. Tell between you what. the Japanese game and an English game, yeah, you gotta go for the English game. You know what? Ignore what I said. Fuck Final Fantasy six. Just play Chrono Trigger. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> I okay, play Final Fantasy VI and Chrono yeah, Trigger. Play both. Play, play both. both those games. Yeah, okay, that, I mean, that was a good shit. Dude, we time. gotta give shoutouts to also, like, Final Fantasy was single-handedly, in a way, responsible for this giant RPG boom that happened in the, the 16 The Super Nintendo era. RPG boom. The Super Nintendo. I mean, like, dude, games like Breath of Fire, Secret of Mana, uh, maybe more Dragon Quests. Mm. All this shit came out. And then, like, okay, the super overrated oh, Earthbound. No Dragon Quest in Amer- in English until 7 in the P- PS1 time. Oh, yeah. But, well, but, but America also, had Dragon's Lair, so... There we go. There we go. <laughs> Enjoy that. <laughs> and then we got, like, what? Mystic Quest, Final Fantasy. We've got Secret of Evermore. All these sort of square RPGs linking with Final Fantasy, in a sense. Was like Persona? Including Chrono Trigger as well. Were Persona Oh, Persona was yet? much later. Much later that was right? PS1 time. Hmm. But anyway, you're right. Uh, Chrono Trigger deserves mention here because it was actually in a Final Fantasy PS1 bundle. Oh yeah, it a while was. ago. No, so, but I played it on the Super Nintendo. That like, was the shit, yo. Back dude. at its prime, yeah. yeah. Time traveling, awesome characters. Dude, I Frog, never... yo. Frog was the man. Dude, he had the best special where yes. a giant frog just smashes and fucks up everything. <laughs> oh, <that was> so <laughs> cool. I didn't care so much about Marley. I didn't care about okay, maybe Robo a little bit, but yeah, no. Magus and Frog, those are my favorite dudes. Okay. If you actually know how to actually get Magus the first time. Oh yeah, the, uh, he's the guy who's impossible to beat or something. In a way, yeah, yeah. But you can actually recruit him halfway. Did you get all the endings for Chrono Trigger? I only got that one ending where Chrono lived, somehow. And then I got the developer ending after a friend of mine told me that, yeah, you're supposed to do this and that. Like, if you go back in time, you plant this tree or something, and then when you come back... Something <laughs> like that. No, this was the developer <laughs> ending. You actually go to a secret room after defeating Lavos, and you get to see... Talk to the developers who were in some basement. Oh, I got that ending too. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Only because people told me that oh, there were multiple endings for this RPG. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I went to my favorite Indian bookstore. Holy shit, there were actually multiple endings. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a time, like, you know, we did not know shit. 
about games until you know we broke broke open the magazine and whatnot. Yeah, but you know, much love the Chrono Trigger, much love to the Final Fantasies. You know what? I also want to kind of talk about a bit. I I don't I know we are a little we're more than off topic. Okay, honestly, <laughs> but we also got to give shout outs to like to the Sega to to the rivals like the Shining Four series, Shining in the Darkness. You know, I think that's pretty well. But 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 yeah, they actually did compete with Final Fantasy games. No, at the no, time, in Shining sense. Force did not compete with Final Fantasy. Shining Force is its own niche. But we. But have it was to... around the same year, though. So technically, you could say. But right. the thing is, you didn't look at Shining Force as a Final Fantasy rival. You looked at Fantasy Star. Yes. With a P. Yes. <laughs> and Fantasy Star two, four, fuck me. Oh, amazing four RPGs. Fucking balls out, amazing dude. Dude, I want to replay like uh, Fantasy Star four so like, much. Part now. four was a time when I actually had to go back to part two to find out context about this, that shit. <laughs> and who the fuck was Alice and all that shit? Uh, and the and the sexy elf girl with the yeah, robot arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was my wife. Who I was, know uh, your type, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think Terra was my type from FF6. But. So I think we also need to. We I think we owe it to our fans to give some Sega love. You know, we're gonna do a, We have to do a fantasy star retrospective. Eventually. Eventually. And Shining Force too. But the thing is, it may never happen unless they kind of make a game that we can tie it into. Okay, shout out to SEO again. Mm-hmm. But no, man. Okay. Um, probably yeah, definitely the fantasy star. Shining Force like had what four games. Um, One, was... two, Shining in Darkness. Yeah, that... four, four. Yeah, part three was actually a Saturn, uh, Sega Saturn exclusive. Which but I... I remember part two the most because you got the rat guy, you've got the vampire called Lemon of all people names, you've got Pegasus guy. <laughs> Pegasus guy. Okay, he's he's Santa guy who became a Pegasus guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then you've got that really cool, cute. Um, what's that? The the the, the priestess Sarah. Mm. You kind of want to hook him up, hook her up with some one guy in your party. Or, but it was done automatically, I guess. So. Okay, yeah, so, okay, fine. Uh, let's just wrap th- this, this first segment. Okay, we've been rambling a bit. Okay, I think it's way time for, too much rambling. Time for the intermission, but okay, so yeah. fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, to you, seminal games, important? They were important, but again, I don't remember them so much. But it's it, only six that I remember the most. Mm. I actually hold close to my heart. Like, for me, three was just the learning journey, and definitely six for being such a balls out, like, an amazing video game experience especially when you're at that impressionable young age when yeah. storytelling in games was so new and it felt so immersive I guess yeah I mean I'm the guy who always shits on like too much story in video games now but if it's done well I'll fucking appreciate the fuck out of that oh yo. yeah yeah totally so okay fan- I think that one really cool thing I like when they started telling stories in FS6 is when when you're fighting something I remember that it was you, it was Terra, it was Locke, it was Edgar in the same fight mm. screen. They were explaining magic and they were like, holy shit, this woman can cast magic. And they were all talking in the battle screen. That was really, really <laughs> cool. <coughs> they incorporate storytelling in anything they can muster up to, you know? That's what I appreciate about FF6. Really, uh, it's basically a masterclass in RPG. Yeah, I agree, definitely. You know, it's one of the most polished and well made video games ever. Okay, it's a work of art, it should be in a museum. So okay, let's wrap it up. Okay, everybody, if you have the opportunity, I would say if you can find the English version of Final Fantasy Fantasy Three, definitely check it out. But for the early era, the the pre Sony era Final Fantasy games, the Nintendo era, Get Six and Chrono Trigger. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So I think we should like. Uh, we'll just take a short break right now, and then we'll jump into the the more hipster Final Fantasy <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> section. <laughs> That's fine words, yo. For all you fucking horn rim glass motherfuckers. Uh, okay. <laughs>
cool. <laughs> Alright, so do you want to set some context to what happened back in the day when Sony did not have a... So Nintendo yet? fucks over Sony. <laughs> Best way to sum it up. Best way to sum it up. So, I mean, okay, maybe we are definitely going to start into the Sony era Final Fantasy games. But we also kind of have to give a little bit of pretext. So, back in the day, Sega came with the Sega CD. Mm-hmm. Then Nintendo decides to fire back and think like, oh, okay... So we need to come up with our own CD version console. So they hired Sony. And Sony was like, yeah, sure, we'll work with you. And Sony was like, okay, here is the uh, Nintendo CD. And it was supposed to be debuted at E3, if not mistaken. And what did Nintendo do? I think they went to Philips at the time. And not only that, they were like, oh, no, we're not working with Sony. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) They they shit on Sony so hard. (laughs) But let's not forget, Sony, they don't... Do this only. I mean, they have like what fucking Walkman. They have like what TVs. They have like they have a shitload of things. Honestly, I mean, this is this is one of those strange times when I was like, I you wouldn't think that Japanese companies would fuck with each other, but, but it's they like, did. and oh this God. and this was not some bullshit little manufacturer. This was goddamn Sony. Yeah. They made TVs, DVDs, Walkmans. This was uh, a time when children I Walkmans played cassette tapes. <laughs> Ask your dad. <laughs> I think this was a time Nintendo was basically so far up their asses at the time because of all the popularity they got for the Super Nintendo. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And they had fucking cereals for whatever product they have, honestly. Yeah, but okay. So Sony decides to like, you know what? Fuck Nintendo. We're gonna make our own console. And what did we get? The motherfucking PlayStation. The bro. motherfucking PlayStation. You when, are not ready. Um, when, Two ninety nine. You know that really famous clip that's been circulating <laughs> around. When, Best way to do a press release: just tell the price of your goddamn product. And they've been doing it ever since, huh? Yeah. <laughs> up to four or three. No, no, up to three. Three they fucked up. But anyway, it's only seven hundred dollars. Fuck. It's hubris. It's hubris that took over. But anyway, back in a more quote unquote innocent time, mm-hmm. PlayStation. I think they just got buddy-buddy with, with uh, Square at the time because Square, they wanted to showcase shit. They wanted to have CD-based stuff. They wanted to showcase the next level in cutting-edge technology and whatnot. I mean... They didn't do that on the N64 now. You couldn't they? do it on the cartridge. They, they, the story was way too big. You, it could only fit on the CD. Yeah. I mean, you also have to understand, right? Like, uh, dude, when Sony managed to pull... Square away from Nintendo like people were shitting on Final Fantasy 13 for going to Xbox yo back in the day it was like the Nintendo fanboys who were like losing their shit yeah, they were like, yeah, I was like what, what the fuck did you do betrayal and all that <laughs> and then we the want- business decisions and all that and plus the CD medium at the time it actually can take up so much space you know for this remember one when you part. Start, when you played Sony games and you didn't hear MIDI music you heard actual instruments yes, and stuff actual, yo <laughs> no we don't have to actually classify as a red book this is actual audio actual MP3s or whatnot being transcreated to god knows what you didn't have that bullshit like crappy like MIDI voice effects you could hear actual voices yes actual voices I mean like Sony like a quantum leap in video game technology in presentation but in Final Fantasy okay in also a CD player yeah. also, but in Final <laughs> Fantasy 7's context I think the music is still sort of MIDI in a sense but it's the graphics that took center stage graphics the and the scenes, story the polygons and the size yes yeah. everything the con- the scope my god, dude, you I mean, you played FF7, right? Correct? Who the fuck didn't play FF7? Exactly. <laughs> now, when you got out of Minga the first time, you're like, holy, oh. I was like, holy shit, that was another world apart from this. I, I like, I, yeah, you think, like, oh, we're gonna run around this factory for the rest of the game? Yeah. No! Oh, fuck no, this is what I like about FF7, like, it actually 
dropped its <laughs> pants that one okay I want the proper context word for this it's like it it showed you its cards right after you get the fuck out of the factory yo something that will later be redone in Final Fantasy 13 there you go <laughs> never mind okay we'll talk about it later but 20 yes. hours later or so uh, <laughs> but, but anyway the anyway, point is FS7 did all that shit it, you know it's not just the graphics per se it you know killed off particular characters like you know who died right yeah <laughs> fu- okay er- the thing is we really shouldn't be talking so much about Final Fantasy 7 okay this game has been analyzed and uh, talked about to death yep, yep. you know like okay I will agree the death of Aerith was a very important milestone in video game storytelling I mean you thought like the fuck ups at FF6 like the destruction of the world that would crush your soul yo when Arif died, I fucking teared up, bro. I think Sephiroth, I, you cocksucker! How I, could you? I wasn't really that affected. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, I did cry, but the point is, I wasn't that affected too much Dude, after I realized when that the- hey, FS6 sort of maybe have done it better per se in a more broader world destroying sense. You didn't tear up once the piano started kicking. Okay, in. the piano did. I, I teared <laughs> up. Yes, that was the best way to actually handle a sad scene, mm-hmm. right? It was really good. Schmaltzy piano it. music. And, and you know what they did in the story halfway through? Snowboarding section. <laughs> Very fucking appropriate. Good way. Dude, dude, this is not a Final Fantasy exclusive problem. This is a JRPG problem. You gotta have that random... Like, doesn't yeah, make... Right after the sad scene where your party... Your dear party member is dead. Dude, I gave her all my Phoenix downs. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> you know, <right>? Shit. <laughs> and this is also one thing to say that people are just arguing like who actually will get Cloud. Well, default won by default in a sense. <laughs> Honestly, she is the Betty to Eris Veronica. I guess so, yeah. Even though a lot of people think of it the other way around. But yeah, yeah. I'm a Tifa guy myself. Yeah, me too. Me too. Definitely. It has to, it's, the, it's, it's a suspenders, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that she summoned and the dolphins. Yeah, she summoned dolphins when she does the special moves and oh, shit. You're a dolphin kind of guy? Yeah, yeah. Dolphins, yo. Ball nose. Respect dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all the fish. I'm also cool with, uh, what's that, Yuffie... And uh, Vincent and Sid, all those guys, dude. I will be lying if I say that FF Seven was not fun. I spent like three playthroughs of this game on the PS One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many playthroughs, tried out different characters and setups, wanted to find out what other secrets I can, you know, unlock and whatnot. I'm being. It's like, all good, you know. Like everything is all expanded. I mean, everything is all thought out very well per se. Even like that whole mind fuck that happened when Clouds was on the wheelchair and everyone else <laughs> took control of the story. I like that bit a lot more, to be honest, more really? than I give it credit, because it showed that Tifa had balls, metaphorically. No, Sid was a vet- was a really good leader. Oh, to Barrett, not so much. I don't know, <laughs> because he was had he had his daughter to worry about, so you know, I mean, parents and shit. I'm, this is like parental you, obligations, you I know. I'd say like what really struck me or really like you know stayed in my mind was the fact that. Final Fantasy 7 this is like before GTA yeah. when when GTA jumped from like the, the top down view to its 3D thing mm-hmm. like to me this was like because I played Final Fantasy 6 and like everybody was really accustomed to like you know the 16 bit 8 bit kind of like a sprite style and then when it became polygons and like I, I was like I said this was the era when dude 1997 when this game dropped like you, it, this was the 3D boom Virtual Fighter Quake uh Mario 64 yeah yeah it looked pretty look and it looked impressive it was like look at all this technology yeah and here's (laughs) the thing it's not just the graphics that impressed it's the story the scope the 
dude, the characters, everything. Which is why I just don't like shitting on the game too much. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the, the combat was like basic, basically. Active time battle stuff. Your materia made everyone interchangeable. So you had the correct slots and whatnot. Yeah. Everyone can be a fire casting, hard hitting mofo if you have put in the time. But I did feel that, to its credit, everything else succeeded about FF7. People, there'd be magazines at the time, you know, there were a lot of podcasts before ours and a lot of magazines that actually just shit on FF7 for being overrated. No, I, I, disagree. I, I, I disagree. I disagree, yeah. This is more like, FF7, yeah, it's a popular child, don't get me wrong. This is everybody's first Final Fantasy. But it was the first and the good and, and a really good one for a damn good reason. It pulled it off. It pulled off his story and it scoped very well. I would definitely say that Final Fantasy VII kind of set the pace for how a JRPG should be made from that point on. Yeah. And it's like every game up till now, you know, your personas, your devil summoners. Everything all followed that template. Every, yeah, that, that is the blueprint it's... for an amazing RPG. Yeah. I can fault it for being inconsistent at times. Remember the snowboarding thing after your friend died? Yeah. That's not the only instance that happened. I mean, in terms of like inconsistent tone and whatnot I wouldn't even say inconsistent I would say like maybe this is how I see it like maybe Square was given okay here's some brand new technology yep. now you you don't have limits and then they had the chance to just play to experiment to just fuck around and like see what was truly possible how they could expand on not just the storytelling but on the gameplay on or on what like you know uh, how, how you could just move around or experience the environment and like yeah, there were probably stuff that could they could they could have cut out to trim the fat a bit, but no, I mean let let them let them figure it out. This is brand new technology, I had new to hardware. Play, I had to play the game twice because I did not actually get the whole mindfuck cloud went through, especially <laughs> when it was actually trying to copy what his buddy Zach was doing because he was the OG soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that's what that's the, that's the testament of the game. It made you want to play it twice because of how deep its story can get if you want it to be deep. I want to bring up something else too. I mean like, I'm talking about graphics, you know, okay, even though graphics to me is more of a moot point nowadays, but back then, it was super impressive. Yo, remember the first time you saw the 3D Chocobo? Ooh, how yes, fucking yes. adorable that guy was no. <laughs> like most of the times you, in your mind you were thinking like he's like some giant yellow bird chicken whatever and the whole inconsistent thing that I mentioned it actually showed in the graphics in a way because when you see the Popeye looking sprites to well, the 3D price. I mean, it's guys, a style. Going to the CG. Yeah, it's a style. I would thing, say it's perhaps. a style. Yeah, it's, it's an aesthetic. It just know? goes back and forth. Not too often to be very jarring, but you know, when you play it again and again, you'd be like, huh, okay. I know why they did that, but dude, I have to point it out, you know, you gotta call it out. I mean, I will also say, like, maybe. I mean, there were probably it wasn't just one team. There were several bun- There were several guys working on different parts of the game. So, the inconsistent style. I mean, you have to understand, FF Seven was rushed. It had it had to come out within the first year. Mm-hmm. It had because, the, dude, it, it it sold PlayStation. Yeah, this basically was the game. This that is the game. The PlayStation. This is the game that sold PlayStation. Okay, nobody fucking played. Crash Bandicoot. Nobody <laughs> fucking played. They did, but nah. FF Seven trumped F- every F- single F- damn Seven, like you know, it's like fucking millions. Changed the millions e- of changed CD. the economy of Japan and Asia <laughs> single handedly. Yeah. It changed the economy of also JRPGs of and of how they are created from then on out. I think every other JRPG again, like you mentioned, followed that template 
ever since. Yes. Trying to one-up Final Fantasy per se. I'm bet- Dude, even Square Enix did not know how to one-up their own game. Was it Squaresoft still or Square Enix? Really? Sorry, Squaresoft, sorry. Squaresoft did not even know <laughs> how to one-up their own game. When games. did it become Square Enix? About 2000 two- plus like that. But three more games. Uh, three, yeah, I think three more games, three more games. <laughs> See, that's why FF, that's why people when they were, when they developed FF8 was like, how the fuck are we going to top up FF7? Okay, and this is my, my gripe with FF8, okay? Because all of a sudden, it became less about gameplay and more about pushing realistic graphics. Like, you can see the quantum leap in, like, you know, face modeling and technology. I mean, you look at FF7, and, like, if you show... The, the, the sucky thing is when you show FF7 to kids nowadays, a lot of them will be more like, oh, it's... The graphics looks horrible, or it doesn't look like uh, like what a modern game should look like. Or like, what's the big deal? Look, look, they all look so blocky. Like, fuck you, kid. <laughs> okay, fuck you. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. FF8, yeah, they have realistic faces. Their lips move now. No, that doesn't matter. Okay, FF8 to me was when I lost interest in Final Fantasy. The- I actually appreciated FF8 for what it is. Really? Not the story, mind you. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was definitely not the story. I mean, yeah, sure, it's a pretty game. <laughs> it looks nice. <laughs> I like the fact that they actually tried in tried out new things for their combat. They tried out new things for mini games. Or, dude, you have a floating school, dude, you to control mm. a flo- floating big ass college that floats on midair and shit. You've got a really addictive uh, Magic the Gathering style kind of game inside. And you also have the Fei Wong music video. Oh, yeah, that one I could, <laughs> I could not care about that. I did appreciate the fact that, dude, you can draw your magic wherever the fuck you like if you wanted to. Mm. But that also broke the game. <laughs> yes. All the boss fights are actually pretty damn interesting. Remember when we fought Minotaur, the, the, the brother Minotaur guys? You did not know what the hell you could do. It turns out, oh, you make one of these fuckers float, they can't attack you for shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you can cast flight on them, yeah, they basically are powerless. That's what I mean. The battles are pretty creative. Not to say they're tough, but I especially appreciate the last dungeon of the game where you lose all your skills. You got to get back your skills by going to different enemy dungeons. I really like that bit. And Laguna was a damn good character. His story was really actually funny. Really? Yeah, Laguna was actually one of my favorite characters. He in was eight. A, in eight, yes. I swear to God, he's much better than his son anyway. Mm, I don't know. Wait, then what? No, no. Squall was the guy I did not like so much. He's like the the super anti-emo version of Cloud or whatever. But he's like, on the poster. Yeah, but dude, Laguna was the better main character. But but he had to. he had the classic Rock Howard look. <laughs> uh, no, no, and no. the gunblade was kind of cool. Okay, the gunblade <laughs> was awesome. The you gunblade have to was admit, awesome. a little bit impractical, and you you don't believe that you can't hold that. With yeah. Maybe maybe I'm just I I kind of like the little story about. Laguna because he was this a guy who was just trying to be a soldier and he's got his buddies going on doing stupid op jobs and suddenly meeting bumping into this country girl and stuff and it's, it's a pretty like it's a typical story but I kind of prefer that love story than the other love story that was you know with Renoa and Squall that was just dumb well it's way better than the love story between Cloud and fucking Aerith too <laughs> alright Cloud you're a fucking idiot totally totally <laughs> oh but okay so Final Fantasy 8 you liked it? I actually, I actually liked it more and more the more I, you know, played it a bit more. I'm because not... again, they it, how the hell are you gonna follow FF Seven? Simple, do something different. FF Eight was the sort of different. Yeah. Then. Okay, apart from graphics, everything else, gameplay wise, is actually not bad. Like they just bumped up a little bit of things here and there to the point where you can actually break the game. This game came out about ninety eight, ninety nine. Ninety nine, ninety nine. 
This was also introduced a whole Guardian Force system. You get to actually use your summons as armor per se. Oh wait, I, okay. I think now I remember why I didn't play FF8 so much. The long Guardian summon scenes, right? No, they third, took up time. Third Strike came out. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> third Strike and Quake Three were the thing to to play. So, yeah, I kind of ignored the Final Fantasy for a while. <laughs> I think that was the time I started going away from the PC side and just went out and played more console games. Mm, but like the last PC game I played was uh, Heroes of My Magic Three. Came out around that period, like maybe a few years before then. Then I shifted back to PlayStation. Nah, I, I, I was still knee deep in like games like Half Life and Quake and. Yeah, and I was still in the arcades playing Third yeah. Strike and King of Fighters. So, FF8, yeah, it probably slipped under my radar because I was kind of distracted with other things. that followed up. It was actually supposed to be like a throwback to the old Famicom games the one that, where there were dragons, there were wizards, there were Oracle came back, castles. right? Yeah. <laughs> the Black Mage is back. Mm, yep. But now, Good old VV. Now here's the sad thing about what's going to happen because the thing is once Final Fantasy 9, 10, whatsoever came out, I was serving national service. Ooh. I had no time for video games and like a lot of things. I mean, I this was the dark gap in my video game uh, life because basically I mean I loved I loved it but the thing is sucky thing about being a Singaporean you, you have to sacrifice two and a half years of your life to just serve your nation you mm-hmm. know, and which means no video games and then like if you had a girlfriend back then dude you only had the weekend you know we, I mean I didn't even have a handheld it was so depressing and I would like pay attention and look at like what was available out there it wasn't... I mean, like, what kind of brought me back was when, like, PlayStation 2 was about to be announced. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, like after NS, like... I mean, what got me back into, like, console gaming was probably, like, you know, when GTA, like, Vice City dropped and shit like that. But, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't ignore... Like, the very first GTA 3, right? Like the, the very first GTA 3, you know. But, like, when Final Fantasy 8, 9, 10 came out, dude, I'm in the dark. I can't remember anything. But I was aware of probably you know like the media the merchandising the marketing and like yeah I wanted to play these games but yeah I couldn't find the time don't worry about it the way I see it FF9 was sort of like a throwback to anyone who played FF1 2, 3, 4, 5 back in the day because this was basically like new characters a world that's sort of tailored like those old games to the point where you got things usually things name dropped you know like um, lots of references Matoya, right? a lot of references Matoya um 
Wow, Doga, a lot of old names so back then. Garland as well was actually a bad guy. So FF9 was basically fan service the game. It was fan service the game, yes. Mm. But I appreciate it, but not as much as the other games. Look, the 3D graphics were great. I like the fact that you can go back to four characters now, because back then it was like three during the mm. FF7, 8 period. Just three guys. They, they, they yeah, figured out the four. technology. Yeah. yeah, they go back to four they brought everything old school right down to the huge encounter rates. Like we, we walk two steps. You gotta come across a bad guy. Which basically means the game gets easier later on level-wise. I, again, loved, loved the throwbacks, got the Black Mage, all that. Wish I could talk a little bit more about it, but it wasn't really my most favorite Final Fantasy because, again, diminishing returns. I liked how the story went on in the first part. Like, you're this guy, you kidnap a princess because of, uh, you know political reasons and whatnot, but not so much. And then a lot of things just went batshit insane to the point where suddenly there's a spaceship that you had to go in. Your character was basically like a anagram for Son Goku or whatnot because there's this <laughs> trans thing where you're in a monkey tail, you become super version of yourself. I lost interest halfway through. Really? It wasn't that interesting in the long run. But again, good throwback. Now the FF that I wanted to talk a lot more of is Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, Tactics? The, tactics, that one that came out after 7. Mm. Holy shit, why did I not bring that up earlier? <laughs> this is basically Macbeth the RPG. Mm. Okay, Macbeth and um, Hamlet all combined together in one, but with a Final Fantasy twist to it. I kind of missed out on the Tactics. I mean, did this came out oh, on... Dude, dude. Was this on Portable? Or this was, was on PS1, but yeah, PS1. that's a PSP version. Mm. I recommend you get the PSP version, because everything's all localized better. Okay. Now... At that time, the story just got confusing because of the bad localization. But the point is, there was a really big job system where basically you can be a ninja with a clasp defense system. You can basically take all the skills from previous jobs and bring it to one guy. Mm. It's basically like the best version of a job system you can expect from a game like Final Fantasy. Okay. In the more strategy flair. So, i.e., you know, if you move a guy up a cliff, he actually aims better than the guy below the cliff. Oh, so forth and so forth. Hence the tactics. Yeah, the tactics bit. All turn base and all that. But this was like, this is like precursor to games like Advanced Wars and stuff, right? A while back, yes, yes. Mm. This was like, you know, when Fire Emblem was around but no one knew about it back then. You got Final Fantasy Tactics. This was like the time before when Tactics Ogre came out, but not in full force. Okay. So that guy in uh, that game company, Yasumi Matsuno, mm. he did Final Fantasy Tactics. That was his very first FF game. And it was good. Like, the fights, everything, the multi-layer battles where it kind of thought, taught you that, dude, don't save on one slot. You got to save on multiple slots because you never know when you're going to get stuck in a fight. That was the game that, thought, that taught me that, yeah, don't save on one spot. But on your memory card. Could this was this officially the first Final Fantasy spin-off or this it was right. there were quite a number. I mean Mystic Quest was the Final Fantasy spin-off. Oh, yeah, right. Final yeah, Fantasy yeah. Legend was another one. Mm. But Tactics was the one that people remembered most after FF7 during the PS1 era. Because it's got a really complicated story about politics shoved in with like Zodiac Stones that summon bad dudes whenever possible. But dude I mean, like, Ramza, Delita, Agrius, all Mustadio, all those characters, even the Princess Ovelia, there were characters you kind of want to get behind, but you know something bad's going to happen to them at the end of the game. Because the game is framed as such. Like, Tactics Ogre was actually just one of those political frame kind of games where you got multiple endings here and there. 
FF Tactics was a sort of basic version of that where it's like one ending. But the path you go through is just a fucked up path. Mm. Because you've got politics, you've got like guys marrying to other lineages and clans because they want to rule the nation and whatnot. Assassinations, everything. People getting their hands dirty while your main character, Ramza, does not get shit. You get branded as a heretic through and through because the church is actually going after your ass. Mm. So many story points, very good stuff. If you can get the PSP version, get that. It should be available on PlayStation Store by now, hopefully. Should be, should be, yes, yes. Like yeah. the PSP version made the made the localization a bit more authentic to Shakespearean kind of English. Okay. And also there's also really cool CG scenes that actually, you know, heighten the the previous cuts back then. They actually make things look better. Okay. But, but you will probably appreciate the gameplay a bit more because, dude, you can. What other game lets you be like a black knight who can do white? You can do knights and uh, monk type skills, stats wise and whatnot. You can mix and match and make your own power army to transfer everything. Okay. But I don't know what else to say. I mean, apart from this is a damn good game. I'll like, definitely go and check it out. You know, but okay, like. Let, let's not stray too much but I mean we should definitely I think we might need to do a separate episode where we just talk about the spin-offs and the movies you know because we're on a real ramble right oh, now oh yes yes yeah. so but okay we I have to we keep, gotta talk about we gotta keep movie, it right? going yeah, yeah. we gotta keep it going maybe we'll save the movie and other spin-offs for another episode but okay let's stay on track okay let's go to Final Fantasy Titus uh, Titus Titus yes, Titties yeah. Titty boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I've only actually learned how to pronounce Titus's name like in World of Final Fantasy. Really? Like recently. Like it's Titus. Titus. Yeah. But it sounds so weird, man. It, it's supposed to be Titus. So but... it, short form, we call him Tit. Yeah. Tid. Tid. Yeah. I'm going to call him Titus. Okay. <laughs> Titus fuck, sounds fuck it. normal. Yeah. So this was actually the first time that a Final Fantasy went a very obviously linear route mm-hmm. for me. Now, every other FF game, they were actually had some illusion of, like, freeform, open-world gameplay. FF7 let you do a lot and of shit. And this is before open-world was even a concept or a thing, huh? Yeah, this was, like, after... I think this came out after GTA anyway, so GTA was the one that introduced the open-world concept. I mean, do you think the backlash on its linearity is because games like GTA existed and, like, why couldn't they make a Final Fantasy? That's the thing. There was no backlash to its how, how straight the story is because... I think they actually knew how to actually punctuate all the side activities more. Like, you go to one area, that small is unlocked. You go to another area, that thunder dodging game is unlocked. You go to one point there, your chocobo hot... No, not hot cold. Um, <laughs> that fucking minigame also opened up too. But man, Final Fantasy X to me felt like... okay. Man. It was a cinematic game, definitely. I would say, like, this, this is PS2 already. PS2. Yeah, this was the time when and this is DVD technology yeah this was the time 480p yo yeah holy shit (laughs) there was a time when they showed off like facial animations lighting all that cool shit that you see in like most modern games nowadays I mean back then it was like dude like it was it was another quantum leap technology I mean granted probably around that era like the most impressive visually in terms of like facial animation or in character like interactivity I would say it's still Half-Life 2 Half-Life 2 still holds the, the high benchmark for making for being the first truly modern looking video game and I would say like Final Fantasy like you know, 10 prob- uh, 11 was the MMO right? yeah the MMO 
Uh, Final Fantasy X looked pretty, looked of its time, looked like the technology it was, was, it was groundbreaking definitely. definitely I mean visually it was spectacular and they also ditched uh, what's that the active time battle system for like a turn based system I think that's what pissed off most people right <sighs> not really no dude this was actually a really highly praised FF game despite its linearity mm. the thing is that the turn system actually let you use all your party members so basically if you want to switch to Riku who's at the back yeah do that which, which actually helped because yeah. each character felt like they were typecast for one thing like Oron was the heavy hitter Kimari was the blue mage heavy hitter guy Riku was a small fast dude girl <laughs> uh, Tidus was the fast warrior guy <laughs> and boy. yeah you've got uh, Yuna who was a summoner spellcaster everybody loves Yuna huh? yeah yeah <laughs> you know like there's this actually this in joke I share with my friends where basically every single Final Fantasy caters to a fetish of sorts with their female leads oh please do go on Okay, obviously we know Tifa caters to whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eris, yeah, she caters to like the Demir kind of girl thing. The girlfriend experience. The right? girlfriend ex- the, the girl next door experience. <laughs> um, Renoa, actually, what does she cater for? I think she was a bland piece of cardboard, honestly. So what does Vanille cater to? <laughs> oh, no. Never mind about that. Okay, the Lollicon uh, uh, guys. Okay, mm. Garnet from FF Nine. It was a bum. Mm. Uh, let's see. I guess Renoa is probably her bangs or something, her hair. Her very Asian waifu look, I guess. I would never ever read into things like this, but this is fascinating. Okay, okay. Yuna? <laughs> Yuna's the side boob. You notice that all the promo pieces is all showing like the side bits here and there. Never noticed it. There no. you go. Now you know. This has been now a perverted I... episode with Mr. Toffee. Now I can't unsee that. <laughs> Poor Mr. Toffee. I know, I know. <laughs> Stop staring at the Final Fantasy posters. <laughs> okay, but let's talk about... Okay, did you play 11? 11? No, I did not. Which is why we're probably going to skip that So, part. boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, usually we were very thorough with the research and with the experience. And the but knowledge. we actually got to play these games. And I couldn't find a way to play Final Fantasy 11 at all. <laughs> Especially right now when they discontinued the service. How are we ever going to like know? I mean, yes. Yeah, what sure. I can tell you is uh, they brought in a really cool NPC called Shantoto. Shantoto? Little midget, uh, Taru Taru girl, she casts spells. She, no, she casts curses. She does the uh, Ojo laugh, you know, the... Ho, 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 yeah, the side yeah, laugh, the yeah. Basically, the Karen laugh, the Karen laugh. Mm. And, yeah, she's, you know she's actually voiced by Megumi Hayashibara? Hayashibara. Really? Yes! Wow. In the Japanese version, she was voiced by that really kick-ass voice actress. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And but, she can do the Ojo laugh very well. So, I think... Let's just skip us to 12, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Final the Fantasy 12. Of Vanille, yeah. <laughs> now, there's a really cool story, a rather tragic story about FF12. Your director, who was Yasumi Matsuno, was so sick of oh, Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was probably literally mentally sick that he had to back off from the project halfway. He he was in the game for like what twenty years yeah. almost, yeah. and then he was actually replaced by Akitoshi Kawazu. And a lot of people were a bit upset with that because I mean, I think they like they would say like maybe it's lack of experience or they were afraid that it would be veer too far away from the Final Fantasy, I don't know, idiom? Okay, because now there's a bit of history about Akitoshi Kawazu. He is a guy responsible for Final Fantasy 2. And Final mm. Fantasy 2 did not age well because all, of certain yeah. game mechanics. Now, he actually went off to do his own thing, the Saga series, the Final Fantasy Legend series, whatnot. I didn't mind the Saga series. Yeah, the Saga series was good. That was the good shit. And then he went on to do some Final Fantasy projects, including FF12, because... 
Someone had to be the director for that if Yasumi Matsuno left, right? This is still PlayStation 2 era, right? Yeah, yep, yep, F13 would be the first PS3 game. Yeah. Now, um, you know Van and Pinello? Mm-hmm. They were actually shoved in at the very last minute because of Akutoshi Kawazu's need to have a relatable protagonist. Uh, it's it's very Japanese, I guess. You yeah. could tell when you play the game, right? When you actually played FF12. They look like, very shoehorned in. Huh? Yeah, they were very put in at the last minute. The real, the real mofos of the story were like Ash, Bashk, and uh, Balthier. Mm. Those were the main guys who somehow got sidelined because Akitoshi kind of wanted younger people or maybe to headline the game. He was just an asshole. Like he wanted his stuff in it too. Mm, yeah, I suppose, <laughs> so, I suppose so. But in any regard, FF12, I liked it. I actually liked it despite its de- troubled development history. Like I loved Ash. I loved the plight of Bash being like the the twin brother of this other bad guy or some shit like to have responsibilities of the crowd I like Balthier's Han Solo like demeanor and everything and his dad too his dad was a badass in the, set, in the, in the worst way possible the Sid that yeah. was the first time they actually had Sid as a bad guy I remember that yeah it was yeah. pretty cool like he was actually unrepentant to the end and he's fucking crazy when did this come out like, like this was 2005 2005 no 2005 this was a time when, oh, dude, when you see the CGI for this, like, it reminded me of November Rain for some reason. But this was like the, the tail end of the PlayStation 2 era, right? Because mm-hmm. PS3 was already on the horizon. Closely. I think it was announced at the time. Yeah. PS3 dropped, what, 2006-2007? Around 7, around that time. Yeah, I remember getting it during, when I was in college already at that time. I did remember FF12, like, dude, everything just looked so lifelike and, you know, seamless in a sense. Like, every fight you go in in the desert or in the plains or in, like, some tank kick-ass ruins dude the, 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 the fights just happen automatically they technically brought back the ATB system but they frame it like an MMO in terms of like you gotta wait for the cooldowns you gotta do your things you gotta also set up commands by gambits what I liked about it yeah it's like how seamless combat is and it's got a pretty cool story to boot but does it like because of the change in directors, did it stay true to the modern Final Fantasy or did like... It stayed true to a Yasumi Natsumo kind of Final Fantasy. So you still in, had... There was a political slant to it. Mm. In terms like... Because there was this actually this uh, Arcadia Empire... Uh, Arca- ah, starts with an A. Holy crap. Where, oh, I'm gonna, you know, take over in the most friendly way possible. But obviously it turns out that that wasn't the case. Okay. Yeah, and then there was actually some backstories with Bash and... Ash, I mean, Ash, she lost her husband, like, in the start of the game. And she had to be, like, the one true ruler, per se. And Bash, and Balthier was there for the ride, because he's, like, a unscrupulous kind of sky pirate. And then they go through this adventure about finding out the lineage and whatnot. Turns out there were actually some magical folks that started this whole shit beyond hand. And who actually managed to overpower, like, certain political figures, like Sid, uh, Balthier's dad, and... Man, the main bad guy whose name I actually escapes me. That's Val, Val Kilmer. Not Val Kilmer. <laughs> Is uh, it Vane? Vane Solidor. He's the main antagonist, like, which you discover later on. I mean, he doesn't look that evil yet, but when you start seeing him talking to the little evil spirits that actually hover around him, he starts going batshit crazy, per se. Gerbrand was, like, basically the, like, the sort of Darth Vader redemption kind of villain there, because he's actually the twin brother of, you know, Bashk, and then it just went on from there. And yeah, what actually adds a complication of basically Vane's uh, brother, Larsa. Like a little guy who kind of, he's actually torn between like supporting his empire and supporting these rebels and whatnot. 
But like, how was the battle system and how was... It's very, very real-time per se. You just set commands, you gotta wait for the ATPs to fill up before you start doing your commands, all that. Really cool stuff. Although, it'll be nice if they gave me a heads up that I'm fighting a level 30 guy, 30 dinosaur while I'm a level 1 guy. Yeah, then it wouldn't be a Japanese RPG. Exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> that was good. That was that was good. Good, good. It was a good learning experience per se. Like, oh, don't explore areas you're not meant to explore yet. But that's what I like about the game. It's just free-flowing, it's got good combat, it had a really good story up until near the end per se. In a way, really great music, dude. This was the one game where basically they took the soundtrack guy, the musicians from FF Tactics, brought them down for this project, and made it more badass. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. Okay, wow, this has been quite a ramble here. Yeah. So oh, like, shit. so for the Sony PlayStation One and Two era, okay, so we had Seven, mm -hmm. groundbreaking. I don't care what people say; it's not overrated. It yeah. is a hit of its type. It is. It is. Eight, eh, nine. Uh, you like ten? Yeah. Uh, well. Actually, I like 8 more compared to 10. Mm. Yeah. 11. We never played it. <laughs> We're not lying. Yeah. If, we can, if we can find a, a way to play it, I'll definitely check out FF12. That yeah. sounds really interesting. And yeah. uh, like, I would. Where do I find it nowadays? Yeah. Uh, oh, there, there's actually going to be an HD remaster of it next year. Oh, so, so I should look just... forward to that. Yeah. Just get to get that version. You know what? Yeah, I probably. For, for my last game fans, because I haven't played it and it'll be a new experience to me, I'll probably play 12 and then like give you my own little read along. If review. you play the international version, your characters are slightly more different when you level them up. Really? So they're more. They're not so much material templates, they're more individualistic. Yeah. Mm. So Balfir will actually more, be more focused to guns and uh, Ash will be more of like a sword and shield kind of woman, so forth and so forth. Really, really good stuff. But am I missing out on anything or will the experience be totally different? I No, no, no. The story will be the same for FF12. Yeah, okay. The international job version actually just changes up how characters level up. And you got extra fights. So they'll have to check it out, huh? Yeah. Oh, dude. And when you actually come across the Esper fights, because they use different summons, you know, like... In the past systems, they use uh, what Ifrit, Shiva, and so forth. FF12 have their own guys, like you've got like uh, Belias and so forth. These really new, kick-ass looking summons, just exclusively for the Ivalis world. And when they just pop up, when you hear the music, dude, that was so badass. Play it for that moment. You just watch it. It's like a thunder. It's like a, it's like the mic drop of you know boss intros. Mm. Okay, so okay, I'll definitely check out FF12. So I guess we can kind of wrap on the Sony PlayStation One, PlayStation Two era. Yep, and we're we gonna go, go to... for another intermission. Yep, and then after that, of course, for all you kiddies out there, the Final Fantasies that you are all probably more familiar with. Yes, the, the PS3, Xbox era Final Fantasy. Okay, we're gonna start 13, 14, and the eventual launch of. 15. The game that everybody's been waiting and talking about, Final Fantasy XV. Okay, so stay tuned and then we'll be having more Last Kid.
And we're back. Oh man, that is quite the the talkathon we had. Yeah, and we're actually not done yet. We've got like a few more that we had to go through, like man. the ones that we actually play and experienced. Decades of Final Fantasy yeah, we have yeah. to go through for all you Last King fans out there. All right, so this was a time when uh, Square Enix, now Square Enix, they kind of wanted to announce a really cool Final Fantasy game for not just one platform, but for two. <laughs> Two, two platforms. Ah, ah, ah. Man, of course, we're gonna talk about the epic console war between the 360 and the PS3, and the the line divider, the, the big split. What made everybody shit their pants and throw hissy fits? We're talking about Final Fantasy 13 coming out for the next gen consoles. Back then, the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A Final Fantasy in fucking HD. Here we go. <laughs> Not just that. You can see a lot of videos before this game came out where you've got FF PS3 fanboys booing people while they're in an Xbox 360 convention type thing. I remember that. Yeah. Playing uh, what's it showcasing Final Fantasy 13. Thanks for making the rest of us look like fucking jackholes. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'm just gonna come clean here. FF 13 had promise for me. Did the hype didn't work for you? No, no, no. Here's the thing. It was a good game when I played it for 5 minutes. And then when I went on and on, I changed characters' perspectives here and there. I was thinking, when the fuck am I gonna drive my airship, yo? <laughs> and then, 30 hours later... Well, you kinda had an airship stage. I guess, you find that <laughs> really cool kick-ass scene, but once that 30 hour mark passed, I'm on the giant fucking planes with my whole party and I've got the whole paradigm combat system for me to fuck around with, mm -hmm. to play around. Now, this is not gonna rub well with a lot of people who want sh who want the features and they want your gameplay and your, you know, cool plot points and stuff happening within the first 5 hours or 6 hours. No, dude, the first 10 hours? Okay, I'll, even I'll admit it. It's, it. it's a tutorial. The first 10 hours is just you learning how to play this game. and. You all slowly kind of realizing, why are we still running around the city? Why are we still trying to figure out? Why are we still meeting people? When does the game fucking start? And why the <laughs> hell did you kill off your friend? Why the hell did you kill off that guy's mom pretty quick after saying that one line? Moms are tough, yo. <laughs> oh, and why, why, why do you introduce us to a robot in a garbage pile and then not let it use him, use that robot ever again? I'm sorry, there are just so many things I wanna... I really wanted to like this game, dude, honestly. You didn't just... like FF13? I like the sequel. Me too. But FF13... It's pretty. Dude, the I like is the Austrian... fucking gorgeous, man. Lightning is awesome. I like... Yes. Female Cloud is awesome. I mean... <laughs> With the hair down. Yeah, yeah. I liked um, Vanille. Like, she's... Vanille. She, she can be a bit annoying, but dude... Like... Oh, wait. I think we need to... I need to ask, did you play this with the English or the Japanese voices? I went straight to the English voices. What? Dude, <laughs> I checked. Dude, there's this common rule that whatever the English dubs had to work with, mm -hmm. it's all from the it's all from Japanese context. Okay. So if the English di in, if the dialogue in Japan sounded crap, 
It's gonna sound crap in English. Well, let me put Just it in your own way of crap. I'm gonna put on my pretentious weeaboo hat. I played it in Japanese. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to. Nah, but nah, anyway, nah. okay, so Final Fantasy drops. Okay, everybody loses their shit because it's gonna be multi platform, kind of. Yep, I mean, yep. it did arrive on PC much later. And unfortunately, the, even the PC port was a bit borked in a sense. That, oh, uh, shit. People I didn't were complaining. Dude, like, the, the thing about the, the, the FF13 PC version was because I, th- I think it was something to do with the fact that they didn't compress the cutscenes so it was like a 70 gigabyte install or some shit <laughs> holy shit <laughs> you spend half the day just downloading that shit on Steam but anyway no when FF13 dropped now this to me was a very important time because I was pretty much trying to get back into my one true love video games and also it was like it's been a while I mean as I kind of confessed earlier I was slowly losing track and skipping on a lot of Final Fantasies and I, I am a fan of the series I mean mind you I mean I didn't play all the spin-offs or I didn't really follow all the lore but I, I mean I was really looking forward to a brand new Final Fantasy on my brand new PS3 and I was not really that disappointed I mean in a sense it's a, little, a lot of people were shit on the fact that it felt incomplete or it was a bit too linear in the beginning and then like things didn't really pick up until like the second half of the game and I I mean we can both like you know attest to the fact that a lot of our friends like kind of gave up even before they reached the big fields yeah yeah I, I think <laughs> I think we were like one of the few guys who were really really patient you gotta be hardcore getting, getting you, you gotta go field. for it yeah yeah but dude this felt really really long I mean like <laughs> it was like a trial by fire like and a, tri- a test of endurance or so Man. But at the, at the same time, I did have fun actually going through the last bits, fighting the last boss, everything, and doing all those little missions in the field. And then, you know, like, there's actually this really cool paradigm where, you know, your main characters actually have to deal with your personal grief, and then they have to fight their own Eidolons, depending <laughs> on your specific battle and win conditions. I like those fights a lot. That was what actually kept me going in like the 30 hour tutorial. Let me ask like, when you fought, when you fought against Lightning's Odin, when you fought against Hope's. Mm. Yeah, I think Hope did. Snow as well, especially. You had to do something. You had to... Oh, my God. Even Saad's uh, Katsuroi, the, the guy with the chocobo in his uh, afro hair, he had to fight his own Brunhild um, Esper in, in... The race car. Yeah, the race car in the most specific way possible. Shout out to Final Fantasy thirteen for having a black guy, yeah. finally. <laughs> and, ditto, and ditto to um, Vanille as well. And um, was it also... Uh, What's the other Australian girl Fang. name? Fang, Fang, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a whole Australian one, Australian two. No, don't. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, okay. I, okay. I wouldn't know. I play the Japanese version. Yeah. But okay, I liked. No, fuck it. I loved FF13. It felt good. It felt new. It felt fresh, and it was a good kind of uh, starting point to reintroduce myself to the series. And okay, I have. I mean, when I played it, yo, this is like my first. Uh, HDTV this is like my PS3 I mean I I, I own an Xbox 360 too but this is the first time where it's like this game is fucking gorgeous dude oh, yeah, dude is. like just the opening intro the cutscenes even the, like the music videos and, and the stuff in between like I mean I remember just putting the controller down and just witnessing all of this it's like wow <laughs> this game is pretty now, gameplay-wise, yeah, I I totally agree with you. I mean, it, to me, no, it felt nerfed or dumbed down in a sense. No, no, I felt that you actually brought up a good point earlier on before this podcast where it's when games actually get evolved, you know, like when you go on further and further, you need to actually streamline things so that, you mm-hmm. know what, so that players don't see the back end of it. The paradigm system actually helped with that because I you're agree, just picking, yeah. 
you're basically picking jobs again like in Final Fantasy <laughs> in the old Final Fantasy except they're called Commando Revenger Revenger all different names mm-hmm. basically one guy does the debuffs one guy heals you one class also does all this combat shit and Revenge magic combat the best stuff class, it's the same it's like the same idea just different names and everything just goes by really fast and you don't have to worry about the back end now my problem my beef is again your colorful graphics are great Mm-hmm. But they're not actually enriching the world per se, as in like it's yeah, just the world a very. It's a tube. It's a cardboard tube of wallpaper, awesome shit. Mm. But it's still wallpaper. You compare that to something like even oh, dude, I'm gonna go back to FF6 and even FF10, where you sort of can see something coming up to life per se, like interactable. Yeah, like the, the the world will just slowly reveal itself to you, and it it, it got bigger and grander. Whereas like in FF13, like there was this huge world that you just that they kind of denied you for the first half of the game yeah yeah they only bring up the grand pulse bit later on mm. it's just maddening you know that there's just so much potential that's but, lost i mean i'll also use the same defense as with final fantasy 7 where basically i mean this is a launch game for a new system for new hardware and i i, I agree with a lot of people where like how come it doesn't feel like other final fantasies but also in the same time i would kind of like defend square and say like hey they're figuring things out. Maybe they had to do the corridor thing first. Perhaps, perhaps. Then they also need to also build like the giant like the MMO style. I don't know, no. It didn't take you thirty hours to get out of Midgar. I'll tell you that. No, but true that. But also in a sense, right? I mean, this was like you know, the the new systems had to get the new audience. They had to get the attention of the kids. And then like, pr- like the older kids would definitely play Final Fantasy thirteen. I don't brand loyalty or the fact that you know it's something like oh it's a Final Fantasy game. Of course I'm gonna play this, right? But I would, I mean. Okay, I'll just say it out, right? Okay, they dumbed it down. They dumbed it down for the next generation. They wanted to get a new batch of Final Fantasy people to jump on the train. And at the same time, I mean, granted, they could have done a way better job. I mean, especially if you're a Final Fantasy fan and you've had the legacy and the history. If you've been playing it since back in the day. I yes. believe you are actually correct on the whole, like, dumb. I won't say dumbing down, more like... I would say nerd. The, <laughs> the producers actually confessed that, yes, they actually caught, they actually followed some trends from Western game development, like Call of Duties and whatnot. Yeah, they had a streamline Final Fantasy thirteen the way it is. Now, with that argument said, there's a game that also came out a while back called Bioshock, where, <laughs> yes, it looks pretty. Not only is it pretty in an old dark grim But way, in but terms of world building, yeah. Everything was interactable. Like, most of the things you had to find out from autographs or tapes or fucking books and whatnot. I guess, yeah, I agree So you see that. what I mean, right? Like, if you're going to take that person game argument, why the fuck didn't you follow Bioshock as a good example of, you know, world building? Especially for a game that's huge in lore, like, as a Final Fantasy game. But I would also say this, it's a Japanese-made game. I mean, they pick and choose where they please, but, mm. I mean, it does feel extremely Japanese. Though, I mean, like, the, the world doesn't feel as, like, full of life as other, maybe even Western games or other games. I suppose, I suppose. But it's, at the same time, it's like, I mean, to them, like, whenever they design games or when they build something, I mean, especially if it's on a new platform, right? You can still taste that Japanese efficiency and need to get things out of the way as quickly as possible. I also appreciate but not really like the fact that they actually put all your plot points into like a bullet point notes in your like <laughs> compendium. Now, yeah. compare that to a game like Mass Effect 1 and 2 where mm. they actually had this story up in the front but if there's actually some jargon and terminology that you are confused with, go to your codex. Everything in FF13 it's just mentioned but not really explained per se that the point where you kind of need to go back to your codex back and forth so it's like you like if you feel it lacks lore 
No, no, no. It has lore. It's just it's not actually presented well in your main story compared to a Mass Effect game. Well, and you know, here's a funny thing. I think Mass Effect Two did a better job being a Final Fantasy game than Final Fantasy at the time. I mean, I'm just glad they got rid of the elevator loading. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> and, and the stupid moon missions. Thankfully, thankfully. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mass now this. Now here's the thing. This these problems were all more or less fixed in FF15 too. Okay, agree? I definitely agree. I mean, the fans caused the ruckus, everybody complained, and then everybody was thinking like, okay, rather than do an FF14, why don't we just redo the first one and see, following, like, you know, fan suggestion. Okay, is this the game you wanted? Yeah, the sequel was actually, everything just went and on. And I will agree, like, like if you were like an OG Final Fantasy fan, or even if you're like aware of the series, or if you're a fan of the JRPG genre in general, FF13 too, Okay, superior to FF13. I mean, for me, FF13 as an introductory game, or as something that you know, like like baby's first Final Fantasy, it's perfect. FF13 two is like okay, if you love Final Fantasy and you've been waiting for the HD version, it's the game. Yeah, I would definitely. FF13 two was more like yeah, there were I just mean, some issues with the first game that you know what, let's just correct it by getting everything down straight away. Get your open London your cravings on going on there. And there's a little bit of a Pokemon element because your third party member can be any creature you want. <laughs> so I just pick a healer because I kind of need Sarah and I need Noel to yes, be tanks. Just yeah. healers. Yeah, but I mean, I liked Final Fantasy 13 too. I mean, I, I just liked it because there was more things to do. Exactly. The action was way yes. better. I mean, they got rid of the whole 10-30 hour tutorial section in the beginning. So I mean, I think it was also maybe like a like a knee-jerk reaction to like how like Final Fantasy 13 didn't sell the systems other games did that but the thing is it's sold enough to warrant a sequel and the sequel I mean for me it felt a bit slapdash mm -hmm. it felt a bit like you know it was just a, like their reaction to like oh we, we actually need to make a certain amount of numbers exactly so yeah. like so 13.2 felt like okay let's let's try again you know let's let's I mean Square Enix like they have problems with how they spend money I mean, like, dude, we have to ramble on the movies, okay? But <laughs> probably not for now. Okay, we we just talk about the time. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have to talk about the games first. But okay, thirteen two was like a very I wouldn't say political. I would say more like a you know like a very clever business move. You know, like you you gotta cater to your consumers. You gotta make them feel good. You've got the really weird soundtrack as well going on <laughs> to the game. Yo, are you knocking on the Final Fantasy 13 soundtrack? Oh, no, no. It's good. It's good. But it's very Dude, different. It, here in 5.1, god <laughs> damn the music. Yo, oh, yeah. the, the orchestration. I, I, mean, I like it when I actually was actually exploring the planes of eternity. You know that really one big-ass field where Grand Pulse was?
I like, I like the music. Yeah, yeah. 13 too? Yeah, 13 too. I'm just glad they go to the giant tortoises. Oh, wait, are they still? Uh, they're still around. You just gotta look for it. You, yeah. you, the man farming them for platinum ingots. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> but you actually played a lot more of Lightning Returns, the sequel to FF13 too. Yeah. The one thing I didn't like about FF13 was oh, like, Oh, wait. Fucking cliffhanger. What? Yeah, I know you're gonna do a sequel. I know you've done this shit, but... Make your game self-contained, dude. Honestly, you know? Lord of the Rings did not actually give us a cock block of an ending. No, they gave us too many endings, actually, yes. if you think about it. <laughs> you know what? More endings, better than no endings at all, dude. <laughs> but I would say this, alright. Okay, maybe it's because at this point in time, I'm, like, thinking, like, like movies like Iron Man came out. And then, like, everybody was on the trilogy bandwagon. So, like, when 13.2 was announced, and, like, when I completed it and played it, I felt, oh, God these guys are going to try doing a trilogy. There's definitely going to be a, thir- a 13 3, which was later cleverly renamed to... Un- Lightning Returns. Not really cleverly. Not, then it confused people. It's like, wait, where's 14? Is this a sequel? Is, <laughs> is this- another sequel? Yeah. In, in the history of Final Fantasy, has there ever been a Final Fantasy something part 2? Yeah, X2 um, FF10 too. That was a sequel. Ah, but FF10 too wasn't a story sequel. It was more. It like, was a follow up. A costume was... change the game. <laughs> <laughs> there was costume changes, but there's actually a follow up to the sec- to the first game. Now lightning. Because you know, Spira turned happy basically. But like, think of it this way: Final Fantasy 13, Lightning Returns, dude, Lightning has there hasn't been a solid Final Fantasy main since Cloud or even Squall or even Titus mm-hmm. Lightning as a character well designed not un- not overly emo not overly Japanese she very is, relatable she just gets shit done that's what I like about and her and that's what I really love about her too I mean like the thing is like for the first time ever it's like a, 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 a main character that I felt was interesting was like I mean I don't care about story arcs or character arcs but the thing is I'm going to be playing this bitch the whole game and it's like learning about her, her motivations and how she like basically is the she's the Leonardo to the group mm-hmm. in a sense it's like wow it's like a strong female presence yeah. and it's like well, there's something very progressive about her character exactly, exactly. and I mean like granted yeah I mean her, her costume looks ridiculous but I oh, like it. Wait, wait, wait till you see all the cat costumes from part fourteen and all that <laughs> third birthday stuff that came in and like the cloud outfits and whatnot. But it yeah. got really batshit insane. It's like you you like lightning a lot. Here we'll give you more of her. You gotta dress her up, you stupid fetish motherfucker uh, guy. Okay, okay. En- enough with the sexy talk with Mister Toffee. But okay, Final Fantasy thirteen. I know. I mean, should we treat it as a trilogy or is it? It like, is still a trilogy. Or is it yeah. like a one game with three distinct parts? It's a trilogy. It actually continues the story from beginning to end. Mm. It's just that um, because of the timeline fuck-ups in 13.2, yeah. you got to where Lightning is basically a servant to a goddess and then she has to go save the world before it ends in 13 days. And then it becomes its own thing again and then you've got a DVD release, or I think it's a, probably an audio recording or a, or a novel that explains what happens after Lightning returns. Mm. So basically, it's... It, it, it wrapped it off in a pretty alright way. But I mean, props because also, they kind of want to stop clubbing on the dead horse and just get on with FF15. But no, 14, sorry. 14 <laughs> and 15, yeah. They want to go down. I mean, like, but that. what I like, really love about FF13 is like, you know what I mean? Like, most Final Fantasy games are like very self contained, like compact stories. And then they change the cast and then they redo everything. I mean, yes, yeah, Sid's gonna come back, Choco Bozak are gonna come back, but. Oh, I forgot. There was also another sequel. FF4 had a sequel. Did it? Oh, the yeah. After- 
It's basically <laughs> just retreading the storylines over again, except with Cecile's son, uh, Theodore? Theodora? Cecil, you mean? Yeah, Cecil's son, yeah. Theodore. <laughs> Cecil's son. Yeah, Cecil's son, yeah. That's the his son, name. Son of Cecil, yeah. Su- Cecil's son. Yeah, C- son of Cecil. What's yes. your name? My name's Cecil's son. Son of Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny, that's funny. But, but okay, so, okay, FF13, uh, I get why a lot of people didn't really like it or were a bit disappointed by it, but I loved it personally. 13? I'm just happy 13, they, they actually got this shit. I mean, for me, I'm happy they actually did improvements. For better or worse, you know. I mean, but I agree with you. Uh, out of the three, like thirteen two was definitely the stronger one. I mean, yeah. Lightning Returns, fun game, great. I mean, it's a great way to wrap things up, and that the cut is it was just basically Square saying, "Okay, we're done. We're moving on. Stop it." Okay, you want Final Fantasy? Okay, here's a new one. It's an MMO. <laughs> Fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> when FF fourteen came out, it was actually around the same year as FF thirteen. Mm-hmm. Problem was, it was basically a cut copy thing they did with FF eleven. To the point where they had to shut, they had to like not touch on the game for a while. They had to bow their he- Square Enix had to bow their heads in shame, and then they re-released the uh, FF14 with an uh, entirely brand new engine, brand new mechanics. A Realm Reborn, literally. Yeah, a Realm Reborn, literally. A, a, yes. a, a non-ironic title. <laughs> yes, yes. They actually got the guy who did FF11 to actually oversee everything to make sure that. This re-release is the best shit ever. That pure Japanese efficiency. Yeah. And up till now, is actually doing very well. Uh, you've got like Heaven's Sword, the expansion. You've got the other recently announced expansion with the monks. I mean, besides World of Warcraft, and this you've is got the raids. Only... Yeah, and you've got like updates to raids and everything. You get to fight the fucking whale from FF6. That was really <laughs> cool. Dude, that's actually good shit when you're actually taking the best bits of your old Final Fantasy games and putting it into Eorzea, mm. the world itself. But I mean, did you play a lot of FF14? Uh, only the beta. Um, I checked out up to level 20. I actually multiclassed to like another, from Gladiator to uh, probably a mage or something. But I do know that what I played so far, really good stuff. Like the combat's very fluid. You've got like extra missions coming in, satellite missions here and there. And you've got a pretty good story to follow where you kind of get immersed in it. And then... I wish I could play the raids because I did not actually buy the game myself. Mm. But I appreciate for what the game has done, you know. You... Bringing it back while also making its own new thing. Trying to capture that glory of FF11 while, while taking the lore from old games and making its own thing. I mean, like creating like this gigantic universe that was quite... Yeah, another, another FF without, you know, being lazy about it. That's what I like about this. This game has a lot of heart and effort. I mean, Realm Reborn, not the first. No, no, no. The Realm Reborn was where the shit was at, yo. Okay, but let me tell you my biggest gripe about the Realm Reborn. What? I don't get subscription games. I don't care. (laughs) This franchise, along with World of Warcraft, are the only guys who can actually get away with shit like this. And I'm like saying this to you guys, if you're playing monthly to play the same game, I'm happy for you. I don't see the point. <laughs> I feel that it's more for server cost and maintenance and also, you know, releasing new expansions and whatnot. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm from the... I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm a cheapskate. I'm, 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 a, I'm a bit of a... What do you call a spendthrift? I, I do not want to pay X amount of money per month. And if I'm not playing that game 24 hours a day, I still feel like it's money lost. This is a game... I mean, this and World, World of Warcraft, they're actually more catered for those who just play nothing but... Or at least they play other games on the side, but FF14 Like, this is or, the main game, yeah, right? Yeah, main game, I yes. mean, And you literally have to invest in it. Yeah, no, money the obligation was. for it and everything. And that works and pretty that's, well. And that's the trap for me, because it's like, I mean, I, I did have, 
like you know a small period of my time where I was getting into World Warcraft. Just, I mean, I mean just for the girls, you know, you know, that's an investment. But like something like FF like fourteen, like I look at it, it looks pretty. It looks like something that might be fun for me. But the thing is, I mean, we here at the Last King, we don't just play one game. We play all the games. Too you know? many games. And then and then to have a to have a game that constantly like like scrapes away your bank account. I mean, personally for me, I mean, I know it's a very strong model, and like everybody wants to be the next WoW. And everybody plus tried. FF14 ARR, that's it's still a stable server, it's still a stable game. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those games that you you gotta come back to it in the next few years or so. I mean, but the, the problem with me, right, was FF14. Like for a while, it wasn't available in my region here in Singapore. I mean, like. It was blocked on Steam, and like you could go through the Japanese servers and things like that. But it was like so many hoops to jump through, and then also was a subscription model. And at the same time, like this is a time sink. Like games like this, like require you to be online. Like you know, you you gotta clock clock in the hours. You gotta level up. You gotta do the grinding. Then you gotta make the friends. I mean, yeah. I mean, there is. There is a type of gamer, or there's a type of person who likes this. You know, like all oh, you Felicia Day fans. Like, yeah, I I get it. Enjoy yourselves, but. Honestly, FF14. I mean, I, I mean, same like you. I played the beta when it was finally like you know announced on Steam. Like, hey, you no, know, finally available in your region. Like, oh, okay, played it. Nah, I, I, I don't really get it. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, there's a, probably some knowledge or some like like X factor that I'm not aware of or I don't see clearly. But at the same time, if I really want to play a game like FF14, dude, I mean, there's free options that's like just as good, like Terra. Hmm. You got, or even something like even I mean not. Oh, dude, Elder Scrolls Online. That's free to play now. Fuck, <laughs> finally. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, but and then you got like the one Tamriel mode where basically you can explore wherever the hell you like without a level cap. Yeah, but I mean, like, okay, I'm glad you mentioned it because basically, what kept me away from games like Final Fantasy XIV, dude, Skyrim was around. You know, Witcher was around. Like, yeah, I I want to play more stuff like this. I'm sorry. But I mean, Final Fantasy XIV has its fans, and I'm glad you like it. But I, I just don't no, see it. Not for it. us. Not for us. No, not for me, definitely. So we've done it. We've we made it. We've got two more to go through. We've gone the gauntlet. Oh god, yes. We <sighs> at least at least our experience gauntlet. The ones that we actually played and actually had our hearts touched. With. So the reason we put this together for all you guys, it is actually culminates to this Final point. Fifteen coming very One soon. Five, as yes. of this, I mean, it might have been launched by the time I we finally upload this podcast. So I've actually played a demo. I've played like the first three hours of the final game. Oh. 
Now, without spoiling anything... How can okay. you spoil the first three hours? Yeah, I know, good point. Um, IGN will probably do it first. <laughs> now, okay, you, you, know who, you know who's actually starring in it. You've got like, guys like Noctis, the one true prince. The Korean boy band. Huh? Yeah, the Korean boy band. <laughs> going out, trying to live their life and whatnot, exploring. And then, you know, it turns out that, you know, Daddy Dearest, there's actually an invasion going on in the town of Insomnia and all that. No. And they have to actually go from one point to the other point, you know, just to, from like a cross-country trip to make sure that no bad shit has happened to the country. So it's a, like a road trip, part road trip and part getting back your kingdom from these fuckers trying to kill, trying to destroy it. So maybe, uh, And you also got a woman you got to marry to out of, you know, wedlock and royalty stuff. Okay, but story aside, how's the gameplay? It's actually good. I actually had fun exploring Is it the first like few areas bringing the back game. the paradigm shift? Oh, no, no, no. This... It's ATP actually, again? No, no. This is actually active battle. Oh, okay. Basically, you're going in fighting monsters in real time. You're not actually waiting for a meter to fill up. So you no just, more turn base, huh? Yeah, this is all real time blocking, action-y thing going on. But here's the thing. You don't actually keep tapping and pressing multiple buttons to do actions. Mm. You just have to hold the circle button to attack. And then when you want to switch weapons, you just change your D-pad. And you'll automatically attack the first dude that you targeted, you locked on. If you want to warp out, because Noctis has this pretty, pretty cool power where it gets you warp out from the battlefield and doing first strike attacks, press the triangle or hold the triangle, go to a vantage point, and then you can actually come back again into the field after you've done the breather. Now, your party members, um, Ignis, Gladio, and Prompto, these guys are going to be your backup guys. They One's got a gun, one's got a big-ass sword, and one's got magic spells. So, I mean, they're dropping the class system, or...? Um, pretty much, yeah. Your dudes are your classes, basically. Mm. Noctis is a, could be technically a one-man machine if it could, if it was powerful enough. Okay. You can equip a lot of weapons on this guy. You can equip a gun, you can equip a crossbow, you can equip a giant-ass sword. You've even got, you've even, you've even got like royal weapons you get to use. These weapons have like double or triple the stats and buffs, but they keep sapping your life every time you hit an enemy. Royal weapons like the King's Glaive? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> King's Glaive, the Royal Sword, Royal Butcher, Knife, whatever. Stay tuned for the follow-up episode where we talk about all the crappy movies and spin-offs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and so you actually have a lot of options on how to deck out your party. Um, Weapons-wise, decking out Noctis, and even there's a, a leveling up system where you get AP, from this AP, you get to d develop how your team dynamic is. You get to develop how Noctis fights. AP being the action points. Or action points, like, yes. Yeah. You get these points by killing dudes. You get even more points if you do alright in dialogues and whatnot in the story. Uh, yeah, so you get these AP points. You get to also develop, decide whether Prompto should have better gun skills, whether Ignis should have better magic skills, or if Noctis just has better everything, you know? Mm. So you get to decide how your party forms. So instead of like, you know, building up one character, you're just spreading skills across four characters. Across, across your AI so, party, yes. So basically, it's all about synergy and creating a good team dynamic. Yep, yep. And mm. you can actually sum, you can actually command your, your party members to do special moves. You just hold L1 and press any of the face buttons. So you get to ask um, Gladio to do a super badass sword swing, and you get to follow it out with a circle attack. Mm. So you got a lot of options what you want to do for fights. Like, you, get, you fight these mobs of dogs, you fight these mobs of goblins, or even this giant-ass spider. There, you've got so many options here and there. Now, my main beef with the game so far... Oh, no. It's, um... You're, when you're fighting in a very enclosed space, it's the same problem you find in action games. Sometimes the action gets too, too claustrophobic. Where um. your camera can sort of spin around if you're not too careful. 
Thankfully, I haven't come across that problem. The and DMC problem, huh? Yes, yes. Because we've got an action game in a tight corridor, some things might blow out of proportion. Mm. But this is more of a nitpick because I kind of could track where these bosses are heading out to. So it's not so much a game problem, a Final Fantasy 15 problem as well, like a general action game problem. It's the engine problem, yeah. Perhaps, okay, perhaps. But I would say this, like, so you played the first three hours, right? So, I mean, has yeah, it... I'm sure we have a lot of questions, right? I mean, I want to know. I mean, the, the last time I touched Final Fantasy XV was probably at GameStart when they had like a rough demo of it. I mean, it didn't really run that well. I could see a bit of choppiness. Oh, it was this running. Is, all... This is so much. Have better. they fixed all these problems? Yes, yet? they have. Thankfully. So the delay was worth it. This right? delay was okay. Maybe they probably fixed it before then, but yes, the delay was worth it. But I'm so still far, at... it has run about thirty frames per second consistently. Yeah, it's not and so good. Higher, for me. maybe. Mm. Now, when you drive me a car, yeah, your car is actually stuck to the road, like Velcroed onto the road. So it's on rails. Really yeah, you me. cannot actually drive out to the Outbacks oh, or, you man. know, do some Forza Horizon 3 crazy shit. Yeah, shout out to the last episode. Yeah. But yeah, I think the whole focus is actually exploration with your four party members and they actually capture that bit really well, especially when you can ride chocobos like halfway through. <laughs> so And when you're actually going back and forth, like even camping as well. If all the pictures the characters have taken off, or maybe even going around checking out fishing spots, or you know, collecting stuff, basically, there's there's a really huge exploration slant in Final Fantasy XV. It's trying to be like a Skyrim of sorts, but I believe if Noctis and his company could actually walk a little tad faster, I wouldn't have an issue with the game for now. That's also another problem I have. Noctis could walk a little faster. Hmm. But I mean. Are there any remnants from previous Final Fantasy games? Maybe like, is there any, like, you know, anything familiar from like 13 or even like older games? Um, well, apart from the callbacks to the, to the monsters you fight or even like uh, the spells like Fira, Tandaga, all that, uh, nothing seems to be standing out so far. I think it's probably gonna come up when I play the game further. But as it stands, it's a damn good three hours. So don't believe that Conan O'Brien segment that happened. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yo, fuck that guy. He doesn't know anything about video no, games. No, no, no. He's I just mean, doing it for the YouTube. Hits. I don't know. I mean, there's a reason why it's called Clueless Gamer, right? So it's more like humor. But mm. don't don't let that judge the game itself. Like whatever I played, you can trust me. It's 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 a good first three hours. So I'm far. a little bit decided, uh, disappointed with Elijah Wood for not stepping in and defending it. Though. Uh, but then, then again, what, what I'm not I, sure he's a gamer or not. What I'm kind of worried about is. What's what goes on from there? If if whether these three hours will be indicative of the next 10, 13, 15 hours of the game. <laughs> that's what I'm more afraid of, you know. I'm more afraid of that those three hours. That that's the game. Yeah, that's all we could afford to do. Exactly, <laughs> yes, that's my beef. That's my beef with this. Yeah. Okay. If if that does not happen, good, but we can hope for the best, you know. I mean, okay, hoping for the best is one thing, but I think probably for the Last King fans, what we need to do is kind of like do our projections and our expectations. Like for me, what I I think is like, for me, I I did I, FF thirteen as I said before didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. I enjoyed it a lot, but when I look at this game and I see the combat and I see, I mean, story wise, yeah, I mean, it's, it'll probably be big and good and grand, but I kind of expected like, oh, are they adding like DMC kind of elements to it? Is the combat gonna be like? No. Not entirely crazy. It's actually following the active time battle system, it, mimicking the, that system in the past games. But mm. now there's more of action flair. You so, gotta remember, Hajime Tabata, the director, his first, his last two Final Fantasy games were Type Zero, FF Type Zero, and FF uh, Crisis Core, FF Seven Crisis Core. So similar to that. 
So, because these two games actually had the ATP system there, but you can see shades of an action game coming out with the dodging and the blocking and whatnot. FF15 is an extension of that, except they're trying to make it really real-time, more accessible for other Final Fantasy gamers or RPG gamers. Like, when I started the game on where I was playing at, they actually said it at the front screen, a game for first-time Final Fantasy veterans, for first-timers and Final Fantasy fans. Mm. Along those lines. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's what they're trying to aim for. New players. So, like, yeah, definitely. Because this is going to be like a flagship game for the PlayStation 4. And Xbox One. And yeah. Xbox One. I mean, I mean... It's going to be the Final Fantasy that could determine Square Enix's future. Oh, God. I mean... Yeah, but if you think about it, right, like the last console generation, like the PS3, we only had, I mean, technically in numbers, it's like we only had two Final Fantasy games, one with like several spin off sequels. I mean, and usually, like, even if you look at the PS2 era and just see the amount of Final Fantasy that just they shat out, yep. like, jeez, it's like, it's, it's very strange that we're living in a world where it's like Final Fantasy becomes like something that only occurs, like, it's like a Terrence Malick movie. It's like every five years. Well, you gotta remember all those Final Fantasy stuff that came out within this year and the past few years. They're all on mobile, not on consoles. Oh god. Yeah, and we're not gonna touch the mobile systems right now because we're almost out of time anyway. Anyway, but what we probably need to do is okay. I'm gonna share my projections. I think Final Fantasy 15 is not gonna push PS4 sales. In fact, I think Final Fantasy 15 will be. I'm guessing it's gonna get a lukewarm experience. I mean, the game looks great, okay, but I don't know. Um, will it sell PS4s? What do you think? Well, I played three hours of this. Um, it's promising, but I really doubt it's gonna sell that many PS4s. What I believe it'll do is basically bring back the reason why people play these games in the first place because of its enchanting story, its um, bishy characters, its swords, its weapons, its. It's, it's daringness to be slightly different from the norm, the norm of RPGs. And it shows that they actually keep up the times with games like Mass Effect and Witcher 3 popping up, right? I guess so. I mean, they gotta capture that Western audience because they're yeah. the ones who play money. Exactly, exactly. What I see right now is, yes, you're gonna have your old games like World of Final Fantasy cashing in on the nostalgia. But you're gonna need a numbered Mothership title to capture in new people. Mm -hmm. So I believe FF15 not gonna do not gonna do gangbuster sales like ff7 though we but could be wrong yeah but it's gonna bring back people to feel why they love this game in the first place maybe but again all speculation i kind of want to talk about world of final fantasy a bit more yes we do because yeah, yeah. you have a copy and you want to do your review huh yeah 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 i mean this this is <laughs> capping <the game>. off <laughs> yeah to finish it off this is the game where it actually appreciates its, its fan base. This is the game where if you're a Final Fantasy fan, you gotta buy this game. It is set in a story in a new universe where you got two, am two amnesiacs trying to figure out what the hell they're doing in this world. And they have to collect monsters called Mirages. So your Mirages are basically the bombs, the behemoths, the Tonberries, the Chocobos and whatnot. So essentially it's Final Fantasy Pokemon. You're collecting monsters here and there. You're gonna collect them to your army, you gotta stack them out on your head or on top of each other <laughs> for a giant ass two party totem pole army. system. <laughs> totem pole system, yes. And <laughs> you get to share the enemy's weakness, all that and, and whatnot. And what I also like is not just how cute they look when they're stacked up together. Oh. And the main story is also kinda of adorable, except when it got serious though. What I also like was actually the inclusion of your old Final Fantasy heroes like Cloud, Tifa, 
they're all in this new universe, they're trying to fight off this Federation Republic thing, and they're all have the story sort of matched to what they used, how they started off back in the old Final Fantasy games. I mean, you've got Celeste, you've got Bartz and his chocobo friend Boko. Mm. You even got Riku as well, who's actually going treasure hunting and shit. Do you even have the black guy from 13? Nope, nope, not that guy. Ah, DLC! <laughs> there is Lightning though, and there's the Warrior of Light. There's quite a lot of characters, even like those who aren't used that much, like Refia from FF3, mm. and Charlotta from the Crystal Chronicle series. Like, they're bringing all these obscure characters, and they actually have these jokes coming up here and there where you gotta be a big FF nerd to actually get the in-joke. So it's true fan service this game. Yeah, this game is the best way to do fan service. Not that bullshit you see in Record Keeper or Brave Experience. <laughs> this is the kind of fan service where you see these characters interacting with each other in the story. You get to actually play side quests where you actually find out more about how they interact with this world. All very humorous, by the way. And you've got all these creatures you get to collect Pokemon stuff where you can actually go back and forth with the evolutions. Like, for example, you've got like a small Chocobo. You can actually evolve into a medium guy. But you can actually go back to being a small one if you want to stack up, you know, the totem pole system and whatnot. Because each of these characters have different sizes, like the small, medium, and large. Lan and Rain, your main characters, they can be medium and they can be large. Anytime they want. But when you want to stack them up, you gotta stack up like what? A small and a medium on top of a large land? Or you want to stack up a medium land in between a small creature and a large creature? So gameplay-wise, it's basically about... It's like team synergy. It's like, how do you create one character from three other characters yep. and the combat system is turn based so you got I mean uh, active time battle stuff la. keep so it you old wait school to, yeah keep it old school what I don't really appreciate is sometimes the story requires certain characters to be stupid at certain points like Lan Lan is actually your big gullible doofus kind of guy and you've got this like creature called Tama who uh, basically she's like the Jar Jar Binks of the world of Final Fantasy universe. I say that title still belongs to Vanille. <laughs> this one, oh my god, she might piss you off. Like every time she speaks, she always puts the in most of her suffixes. So mm. for example, here is the car that I want to actually handle. Here is the the car that I want to the handle. Mm. This gets very old very very fast within mm. the first 10 minutes. So I kind of want to does it in a squeaky voice too, huh? Yes, in a very squeaky voice. Oi. There we go. Now, combine that with Lan, where they pretend to be stupid in like certain scenes for the punchline, for a joke. Mm. And then you wonder, why the hell did you throw these guys off the cliff yet, you know? That's just me nitpicking. Bottom line is, as a big FF guy, I love this game. In fact, I'm actually mm. going to go back and play it again like a little bit more. Because I'm trying to uncover more like of the side stories here and there. But currently available on? PlayStation 4 and a PS Vita, the PlayStation Vita. So this could be a reason to get a Vita also. Yeah, I guess so if you want a portable system. And you know, there's mm. also backwards compatibility, so you can like... Sorry, sorry, you got like a cross-save system. So, so if you if buy you one on copy PS4, of the PlayStation Store, it works on both systems. Yeah, on both accounts. Yeah, That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. So yeah, my heartiest recommendation for this game, especially if you're a big FF fan. Non-fans, not so much. Probably just give it a 5 out of 10. How about guys. like an average fan like me who's like, I'm aware of a lot of the major pop, I mean, major pop uh, Final Fantasy games, but would I appreciate something like this? Yeah, you would, you would. Mm. In fact, if you actually are tired of the dialogue, you, there's actually an R1 button that fast-forwards the cutscenes and also the combat. Ah, uh, my favorite. Yes. <laughs> now, in retrospect, I kind of wish this button was an FF15, but... I know, maybe they want to actually have something splashed out. They spent a lot of money on those character actors, motion capture, graphics. They kind of want us in to go through the Sure, well, I mean, you know, here's one thing I want game developers to do. 
like guys like me i mean if the story is really dumb give us an option to skip through it if we want to watch it yeah i mean you can skip it i mean you press pause but in I, terms I, of like fast forwarding i kind of want that button around really know? yeah okay so uh, you want to give a number score or yeah, maybe world a letter of, grade yeah world of final fantasy it's an it's a seven for a fan really yeah solid b solid b uh yeah. for Honest for a non-fan probably a six or a five but definitely we're catering to the to the fans out there yes. right? especially is, if you're it, listening to the last game podcast it is the best fan service kind of game ever that's done really really well I will definitely check this game out yeah. and you know what I like the depth of field thing they do because you know your characters are minis and little midgets right mm-hmm. so they do this depth of field thing where everything's all blurred out okay. and you just focus on your enemies and on your totem poles yeah, it's a really cool effect. I mean, it's it's a small thing, but it's the little details that I kind of like about this game. Okay, I mean, I can't wait to give this game a try myself. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, we've done it. Yeah, From yeah. All we... the way in 1987 to now, almost 2017. Yeah, we've talked about most of the Final Fantasy. At least the big number ones. Yeah, the ones that matter. Well. I'm pretty sure you have a lot to say more about like tactics and Crystal Chronicles and well I've said my piece about tactics and Decidia. <laughs> that's going to be another show because so we have I to do I think we definitely have to do the follow up where we talk about the spin-offs and also the movies all the stuff we missed and whatever other stuff that we might have played that we didn't realize were Final Fantasy games also but I think you know what yeah, as a service to the fans right let's like ignore the mobile shit for now, for now. That's going to be another maybe, whole new ball game. Maybe you should do a bonus episode. All this mobile yeah. crap you like. It's going to be like half an hour. Don't oh. buy any of it. Oh, and maybe <laughs> there's a quick plug. Uh, you can check out this video that I did on Geek Culture and also on Soundscape. No, we're literally playing in the ball. It's all about the Final Fantasy games. All reviewed. All mm. of them. Well, a shitload of them. So go find it on like YouTube or on Facebook. Uh, should I put a link? Geekculture.com, the website. Yeah, we can definitely edit it to the description. There yeah. we go, geekculture.com. So, uh, we have to wrap it up. So, finally, we've come to the end of the podcast. Yes. So, hopefully you'll enjoy that Final Fantasy retrospective, okay? Shoutouts to us. Find us on thelastking.net. Okay? Yep, we yep. have our Twitters. We have our Instagram, at lastkingpodcast. This has been your really finally tired hosts, Dr. Shafiq. Yes, and this is Mr. (laughs) Toffee, also equally tired, signing off.